episode the final episode of halloween in july three dawn of the ted season of season of the ted. Dawn, of dawn, dawn of the ted, ted uh where you go for it it's your movie who's here today oh yeah everyone yeah. everyone knows who's here today i'm kevin i'm jake i'm craig i'm dj yep actually it wasn't dj this time though it's not actually dj right you have a sign on now what did we say something stupid i don't know <laughs> but that's not the point movie yeah, so uh, it was a game time decision. Uh, I made my decision based off of uh, I was it was between three movies, which was Mom and Dad, mm-hmm. Drag Me to Hell, and The Frighteners. I ultimately picked The Frighteners because I felt it. Most of the movies we've done have not really been that either not really been that horror or not really been that that serious. But serious, they've all right. been like classified as horror movies. Yeah, and also it was the movie that the most people hadn't even like really heard of. Right, I was confusing it in my head with that vampire movie they remade with Colin Farrell. The cover is like a road with the vampire ghost face on the front. The Anne Rice movie? I don't know who Anne Rice is. She's the interview with the vampire. Yeah, that one. Okay, it's not that movie. No, because I love that movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. That's a great movie. And Christian Slater. Sure, fine. You could have said uh, 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 Mary Jane from Spider-Man. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten, yeah. I would have got that before All, Christian Wasn't Slater. also Antonio Banderas in it? No. Wait, then who's the fourth person? Because there's like an iconic photo of like four of the, the Hollywood dudes mm. and little Kirsten Dunst and they're like giants next to her. I guess we'll find out. But that's not. No, this has nothing to do with the movie I confused it with. Um, I should have known what it was. We talked about this movie a few times in the past and I looked up a screen grab, a really famous one. Where it's um, Lucy's like the... face with the ink. Okay. That's the one that I knew. The one that kind of looks like the Necronomicon. Thank you. Yeah, that one. The but, Necronomicon. Um, the uh, the movie I was confusing with is called like it's. I thought it was called The Frighteners. I was very clearly wrong. Um, but it's the '70s movie. It came out the same time as like Poltergeist. Poltergeist did. It was Antonio Banderas. I'm so proud of you. I had yeah. no idea. And <laughs> I'm a sham. A Hollywood sham. You know, just throw him down. Yeah, Mount right. A certain dominance. This is also the... <laughs> Can't ignore Girth. <laughs> Can't ignore Girth. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's a 1996 movie starring uh, the face of Parkinson's, Michael J. Fox. Uh, and this was right around the end of Michael J. Fox. It was kind of after he, like, yeah, he started to, like... You don't really think of Michael he J. Stopped Fox acting. after this. Yeah, he stopped acting, because you can see he's much he older. He'll pop up occasionally after this, but... Yeah, like right. in Scrubs. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but, yeah that but that was, that was, was like, full-on Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. They had to, like make the character have a weird oh, like, uh, text because yeah. he uh, couldn't yep. un-Parkinson on set. There was, one mo- there, was, <laughs> there was one movie he did in the late 2000s that was called out for how incredible of an acting job he did despite he's having... A, I, I actually think he is an incredible actor. It's a shame. He's that a fine he... actor. I have no problems with him. I know he is really well lauded for that military role he did uh, where he was a soldier. and it, It's like a super depressing movie. Oh, it's I not Apocalypse know. Now that he's in. He is not old enough for Apocalypse Now. That's the 70s, and that's not the one I'm thinking of. There, there is a military... That's Martin Sheen. 
Well, no, I know Martin Sheen. There's a movie that he's in where he's a military. Well, I'm going to look it up. Talk about the movie that... that it's obviously got. Back to the Future 3, because he does hold a gun up at some point. That's yeah. true. Back to the Future Also, in Back trash. to the Future 3, he actually got hung. Yes, oh, he did. Yep. He passed out. During the hanging scene, he passes out, and that, that's why... Like, and that's actually what made it into the movie, because it was just so convincing... Yeah, he was supposed to put his hands in the noose in such a way where he doesn't actually get strangled, mm-hmm. but he fucked it up on the take that actually made it into the movie. Yeah, they didn't realize it until he thudded on the ground. Excuse me. I'm... But, yeah, so we ended up going with The Frighteners because I think Craig had never even heard of the movie. Fright Night. Fright Night. That's the movie. Friday Night the... Lights. Yes, Friday Night Lights. It's a vampire movie. For It's an old horror movie. And I kept thinking when you kept saying The Frighteners, we were getting into that, so oh. I got hyped. And then it was this. wasn't disappointed. But I was just, I Colin Farrell was the it. remake. Um, so I didn't choose Mom and Dad because that was that's just you watch that movie for one cage freak out and it's awesome. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone knows the cover. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I can see how you can confuse that with Frighteners. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pick Drag Me to Hell because we had too much Ted Raimi. We had plenty of Ted to justify the title of Dawn of the Ted. <laughs> right. And we can we can always that could be a thing. We have to have a Sam Raimi movie every year. And now that DJ's expended his series. <laughs> We'll come you can't, you can't double Randy. It's not, not going to be my Randy. pick next year, though. No, you pick you whatever you want. You've been hustling I'm into free the same of the thing. Randy. <laughs> Does oh, it feel good? Next one's going to be Spider Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> The Frighteners is probably the first quote unquote horror movie I've watched ever. Oh, like as a you? Yeah, because we oh. watched it when it like first came out as a okay. family. I can tell you for a fact it's the first R-rated movie I've ever seen. Ooh. Ooh. And there's no boobies. But it's I not know. the first X-rated movie DJ saw. He saw it's that not really a, early. It's not a super hard R-rated movie. There's, no. there's some gore in I'm it. I'm actually not sure why it's rated R. There's like no foul language really at all. Yeah, it doesn't, no it doesn't blood. drop an F-bomb. It has oh. like a little bit of blood. I'd say it's, it's the gore. It's the go- It has to be, right? Like the, the ghost gore? Well, Because uh, all the quote-unquote gore is... I know. Uh, um, what's his name? The FBI dude. Or, oh yeah, or the, yeah. His or the flashbacks are pretty. Okay. Pretty. They're. They're. I mean, they're not bad. I'm not this gonna be like. PG-13. But yeah, I would the point that. is that the the statistic for right. boobies right. for this Halloween in July is fifty percent. What did we get? Well, so Craig's movie had no women in it, but it did At have all. boobies. But it did have hey, boobies. Hey, mermaids count as women. <laughs> yeah, and bleeders had. There boobies. was a vagina. No, no, the weird Yay! witch fish vagina. A fish giant. Apparently, the I looked it up. It's based on a shark vagina. I know you said that. The weird oh, I did. flying I monster in the one scene in Army oh, of Darkness okay, had good. boobs. What? Oh, it, it had the weird flying monster in Army of Darkness had boobs. Oh, nippleless yeah. boobs though. It had smooth boobs, yeah, which are count. Had. No, you can show you can show those on live television. They're no better than an elbow. You can make do with an elbow. Whoa, whoa! Yo, we sorry. know elbow is very sexy. Right. That's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and then how dare you just bring out your elbow? Two and a half. Two okay. and a half years. Yeah, I think okay. that's fine. Yeah. Also, sharks have cloaca, and I know it's probably, like, designed after what would be their cloaca. It's not a vagina. We had this exact conversation. It's not a vagina. I mean, when, when, when the, the shark vagina was brought up, we had this exact conversation. They have cloaca. Cloacas. Craig didn't know that. He didn't say a shark oaka. He said a shark vagina. Did we talk about duck penises at the same time? We've never talked about duck penises. Because all guess. birds have cloacas as well, except... Ducks is pretty they much have a, the They have a corkscrew penis. They're rapists. Ducks do, yeah. Yes. Oh, my coworker has... He's also a rapist? No. You heard it he, first. He has a duck penis. <laughs> <laughs> He's been classified as. I'll tell it some other time, but there's a very awful duck rape story. 
your, your co-worker right That's there. a weird okay. thing to just bring up right now. <laughs> right, hey, duck on duck. Oh, okay. Well, well okay. actually, multiple ducks on one duck. You whenever really, whenever, Kev, whenever, whenever Craig's co-worker sees a woman making a duck face, he gets pure rapey. Of course. <laughs> uh, final duck rape comment, and then we're moving back to the movie. There was an actual study as to whether or not a male mallard duck will get aroused at the sight of another dead male mallard duck. <laughs> it does. And they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, it's good to know. Ducks are down. <laughs> right. So, Frighteners are... Speaking of necrophilia. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a segue. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, the Frighteners, I believe it opened up with... Uh, was, was it just the... Uh, was it the it headlines? Opens, no, it opened no, no. the house. Yeah, the, the, oh, yeah. the house with uh, yeah, it Patricia the house and with Patricia running away from a ghostie. And this was one first thing I pointed, I thought in my mind, and I'm actually going to, my initial reaction, I'm ready to walk back. They should have done practical effects for the ghost chasing her, like, in the wall. You know how they do the stretchy... Mm-hmm. That's happened in horror movies in the 70s. Well, yeah, actually, they do it forever. in Street. It's happened forever, yeah. And it always looks really cool with the way it does. And they went CGI for everything. And I, I have a... I'm okay with it for how the movie plays out, but at first, that was just my initial reaction. I, I mean, so like, CGI immediately why? makes it age poorly. Exactly. Yeah. That's and th- this was like the dawn of CGI, so it was like the yeah. cool new thing. To Everybody had right to have it in some way. I will say, it doesn't look as terrible as I thought it was no, going to it wasn't, look. No, it wasn't. The only yeah. really terrible one is like the sludge monster in the crypt. Hmm. Sludge yes. monster is pretty bad. Uh, the, 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 the Grim Reaper as a whole... Was the Fine. was but the worst of everything. The ghosts looked good. Mm-hmm. The the walls looked all right. Like that was the the weakest. Yeah, it could have been way worse. It could have been the deleted scene of the main bad guy from Blade One. It could have been the actually released in theaters version of the Hulk when they wanted to break the three billion dollar record. Oh. I showed you guys screen caps of that, right? Mm. That was in theaters. You paid money to go see <laughs> that, and it's literally Hulk whose mouth doesn't move and eyes don't blink, holding a phone, having a conversation. <laughs> Messed up. So Messed like Craig up. on the phone. Correct. It's like anytime you see Craig in a phone situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I phones I scare me. Okay, they're spooky. Yeah. I thought the CGI was good, chasing her around. It's in the carpets, it's in the walls. That was all cool. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And it did set the stage for the fact that this was a poltergeisty type spoopy thing. Yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah, and the old crazy looking lady's like, she's communing with the dark one. She's impure. Oh, so no. The, 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 what was the sins, the sins of the of flesh? The flesh she's will... too young for that, even though she's obviously in her 40s. Yeah. Yeah, this she... woman looks like she's already been possessed by the Kandarian demon, the old lady. More or less. Oh, the mom? The, the yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. She has, like, sunken eyes, super white hair, and she's grouchy at all times. And she has that, like, typical, I don't know, vampire old lady haircut. She, like, yeah. Va- yeah, she vampires, yeah. like, every line. She, she has, has like, this... Gary Oldman is Bram's... Yeah, I was about to say, Gary Oldman. Yeah, in that movie, that's... I mean, yeah. And apparently, the way to solve a ghost shoot running through your house, just shoot the carpet that it's under. Yeah, and it gives up after that point. Yeah. You've got nothing else to... Guns possess. are always the solution. This movie is very inconsistent with how it treats what ghosts are capable of and what harms them. Uh, so so I, it does. It does kind of uh, like ru- like give a justification in like universe for why the ghosts are so inconsistent. Later, like yeah, like, I mean, I like, think we can talk to that when we start actually like introducing right, the ghosts. Right. This is the first one, and it's no face, and you know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is basically just a cold open to set the tone. And then you get the frighteners. Yeah, yeah right. You right. don't and even get the name of either the the characters, the old lady or the woman. Nope. 
Nope. You I'm get pretty nothing. sure we hear the word. Oh wait, no, no. It's when the doctor comes. Right. Yeah. Which is the next scene. Yes, it is. Yeah. Doctor Linsky. What's her? Does the doctor first name? come or do they go to the headlines? They, they do the go to the headlines in the in the studio. Where oh, the your or main the, character. The, the news. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Craig. Uh, I forgot about Michael J. Yeah. Fox because we have identifies the main character as. The first person we see who no one has ever seen in any other movie ever. He's writing a newspaper. He's Clark Kent or something. Other than Michael T. Fox, I didn't recognize anyone. Oh, wait, no, there's Lee Armory. Lee Army. Uh, see? Stop lying to yourself. Is okay. his name actually Lee Army? R. Lee Army. R. Lee Army. And also, um, the uh, black guy, the one black ghost, I know that actor, but I don't know from where. Like, I've seen that guy. Oh, yeah, the ghost of black exploitation. Right. I yeah, have humorous I nicknames him. for most of these characters. The, the, He's the, a pretty great character. The actually. movie as a whole will make fun of certain scenes. Didn't age well in a PC sense. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like they still do black sport, black oh, yeah. stuff, and right. it's not considered racist either. No, it's not racist to do black exploitation, and this movie's not necessarily racist in the way it portrays it. But the circumstances around the character are important. So this one does say. You died in the seventies, so it's unfortunate. They do, yeah, they do kind of curb that a little bit, but mostly it's just, um, you know, white nerd ghost, black exploitation ghost, <laughs> old western man, white man ghost. Like, like it's very clearly. Honestly, I think the judge was like judge even is, more like. Oh yeah, the judge. Oh, judge was fucked up. Yeah, the, <laughs> uh, so we get the main character writing a headline for a newspaper. <laughs> uh, some random. His white name man. is main character understudy. Thank you. That's so much better. Basically, his story is too on the nose. Right, he writes, so there's a mysterious string of deaths in the town that's been happening. It's been going on for years. Right, uh, yeah, five, like five years. Five years, yes. yep. And it's, it's everyone dies of a heart attack and no one can explain it, and this guy wants They're to... They're otherwise perfectly healthy. Yes. Yeah. And... and this guy wants to write that it's death, it's the Grim Reaper, and the, the yeah. badass bitch lady's like... Listen, the editor, yeah. Yeah, listen here, kid, yeah, not so specific. Be, she looks like she should be like yelling at Matilda or something. Yeah, she's yeah. the female version of J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Like, yeah. uh, in her attitude. Like, the way she just bosses, she's but just also... She's Spider-Man. Yeah, and she thinks she's, she's the Spider-Man. shit. Except like in this case, she's after Frank Bannister, the main character. Right. Well, isn't J. Jonah Jameson after the main character? Exactly. Uh, Michael J. Fox's Spider-Man. Yeah, Stan and this is now a podcast for Spider-Man 2 with Ted Raimi. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll talk about this. Good thing we don't have Edwin here. Yeah, like, really this would be a catastrophe. If it were the 80s, Michael J. Fox would actually be a good Spider-Man. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, I would pay to see... Like, Teen Wolf era Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Because yeah, he was awesome as Teen Wolf. And that was, like, mid-80s was when you just yeah. got Michael J. Fox to do anything. He yeah. Was, he was the king. Yeah, man, that would have been an awesome first Spider-Man movie. Instead, we had to wait 15 more years and get an even better one. I said it! Tobey Maguire's the best Spider-Man. I like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah. I like all three of them, actually. Well, they're all great. Their for their own things. Each, each Spider-Man actor is good in their own respect. Right. Right. Which is why I want my in person Spider-Verse movie. It doesn't even need to be in person. It can be animated and everyone will be happy. And they were going to do it and an exec pulled the rug out from under him. Yeah, no, it was written into the Spider-Verse to have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up and have and Tom Holland all have speaking lines as random. Not like at the end when they're doing all the weird like, we're putting everyone back home. It was going to be like, oh, hey, look, I can see through. And then they're gone. And the execs pulled the rug. Just nope. Whoop. That makes me upset and yeah. frustrated. Yeah, executive interference is always the worst. It would also thing. be pretty tough to. Oh uh, no, because it's all owned by Sony. Yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, they can just yeah. do it. Yeah, and, they and do all it. the actors wanted to. So. Yeah, and and now that Tom Holland's on his way out, it's like even more. Make it happen. Tom Holland seems like the guy that would do anything that the fans wanted. 
Probably. Yeah. I mean, well, he made Spider-Man come back. Yeah, because he had a drunken... And then he drunk-dialed the like executive but, producers and cried. But I think that was half and half for the fans, and half and half for him to go out as a, a good... You know, him to round mm-hmm. out his character. Because he, he is on record as being like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good after this. Mm-hmm. If he makes a good third Spider-Man movie, he will be the first Spider-Man to make <laughs> a good third <laughs> Spider-Man movie. I mean, having two is already tying the record, so... Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking Spider-Man. So, but she does want pictures of the of the Frank Baxter. Right, and she's very pissed off, and and you know make sure that you write good stories. Usual tabloid yeah. nonsense. And I think it it then cuts to the footage of the massacre. Uh no, we meet Frank Baxter. Yeah, we do get to meet Frank. Oh yeah, it goes to the uh, it goes to the the, yeah. the graveyard where there's a funeral going. Because at first he's at a funeral just passing out cards, and he is a psychic investigator. He's, he, he almost he seems like he's drunk. Well, he, we we don't oh. we don't see the psychic investigator until uh, later on at the just the cards. Yeah, we don't know what he's doing. Yeah, but either way, but he's bumbling around. Yeah. Uh, he's also a terrible driver. This is <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. negligent driver for good reason at this point. I would say because he doesn't care anymore. But uh, what is he? He's like he leaves the funeral. Does he interact with anyone at the funeral besides handing out cards? No, he just oh. throws cards. The around. reporters do see him there. Right, they mm-hmm. point it out, um, and then he gets in the car and heads. Uh, to, to who knows he's where. just driving yeah, around yeah who don't care probably home he's looking for the closest white picket fence he can just drive through <laughs> yeah he's, he, well he swerves around a truck because of his negligence he reaches driving. down to pick up a, his card or, yeah. or something and then when he looks up there's a friggin semi coming straight on and oh no mm-hmm. through someone's yard and he runs right through Luigi's yard yeah, pretty much. Italian. This guy isn't John Leguizamo, but he looks like a slightly more handsome version yeah. of John Leguizamo. More handsome in a generic way. Not saying John Leguizamo right. is not handsome, but this is a very, But DJ's like, racist, and anyone right. of some sort of ethnical background right. he thinks is immediately less attractive than a white man. It's true. Also, I found the movie that I was talking about earlier, Casualties of War. Oh. It's a, it's a Sean Penn and Michael J. Fox, and it was like a very big... Not controversy, but it was one of those casting things like Heath Ledger type, or something. Yeah. yeah, we were like, what? And then he ended up absolutely killing it. But so. he's a teenage heartthrob. At that, at that time, yeah, it's a, it's a late 80s movie. Well, so, so it would have been a teenage heartthrob and Spicoli. Who's Spicoli? 89, yeah, so he was at the point. Oh, yeah. That's Sean Penn. Yeah, like late, late 80s, Sean Penn was the, the Valley bro. Oh, right, right, right. And he was punching a lot of reporters. No, that was what he was known for. That's his thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now apparently not, but still. Allegedly. Oh yeah, he's Harvey Milk now. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Harvey Milk now? Right. Yeah. And uh as he, he crashes through the white pe- white fence, picket fence, uh the Italian the d- guy runs out. Yeah, he is off. you know, understandably upset. Uh, maybe not understandably. A, a guy car just... drove through his yard. No, a car crashed into his yard. Yes. I you had to have seen at least some sort of commotion. It wasn't just like, and I'm in your yard. <laughs> and I, I guess to be fair, Frank like does immediately go like, okay, I'll pay for it. I'll make it yeah, right. Yeah. But this guy's like, no, no. You're, I'm going to sue you. Taking your ass all court. Yeah. Worst decision ever. He hands him his, Frank hands him the card to say, I'll pay for your shit. Yeah. And he rips it up. He's like, well, yeah. now you're not going to get anything. Yeah. I've got your plates. No, you didn't. So you didn't like, get his plates. All right, asshole, I'm just going to leave, and I'm going to make sure to run over your... You're going to make sure to Let's go! Oh, it was so dumb. And he drives away and heads home. <laughs> and then we get the scene that we skipped over that I can't remember. The house scene, I think. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. The then house. we're back to the house with the doctor. Yeah, so there's a house call because... Uh, back to the murder house from the cold open. Right. Yeah, because the, the younger woman has a cu- sliced her hand on something. 
Oh, yeah, she fell from the glass that broke mm -hmm. uh, back when the ghost D was chasing her. Mm -hmm. And she, it shows her handcuffs, yeah. so now they're And it immediately portrays it. it as, like, overbearing, like, mother just, like, forcing her into, like, captivity, basically. Yeah, it looks like the mother's basically tormenting this woman. Doctor says, I'll drive her, and we'll get the stitches done. And she's like, she don't leave this house. And she's like, but her cut, it's deep. Give us antibiotics. I don't know why I'm giving her, like, an old sea-tiny captain, but whatever. Yeah. She's played by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like <laughs> me lobster! <laughs> <laughs> you like me lobster, don't you? Still don't my, you lie? Still my favorite scene in that whole movie. <laughs> Not because of the comedy, just because of how, like, visceral that entire scene is. So good. Anyways. Yeah, and then uh, the, the following scene is like, well, why can't she leave the house? And then we see the doctor and well, home on the bed, and she's... No, no, no. You have to do the monologue that, the old, that, that Gary Oldman does. So... They're standing at the door, and she's like, what's going on? you got to let her go. And she's like, I was there. I saw what she did. I could have her locked up whenever I wanted. Accessory and after the fact, it was whole-blooded murder. murder. It was murder. Slam the door in her And you like me, Lopsodochi? <laughs> <laughs> then she starts talking about Prometheus or something, and they throw dirt on her face, and you move on. But yes, yeah, dirt throw on people's face in this one, too. There is. Oh, that's the oh. Other one. There's our theme. Is that all four? No. Oh, yes. Wait, what, what about... Oh, yeah, there's not really dirt thrown on people's face and believers. People go underground. People go underground. There, there's a lot of graves and a lot there of... There are graves in every movie. Graves and people being in them because the lady that gets murdered by the monster gets pulled through yeah. the grave, basically meaning dirt would fall back dirt on top of her. Face. Yeah, got a theme. There you go. We can make an anthology out of this. <laughs> the theme of this Halloween July. <laughs> so now we now we have, your the, uh, we have the little like old news clips of the uh, the murders. Oh yeah, we're learning about right, right, right. She's mm -hmm. sitting in bed watching a VHS while. Uh, so what was it, John Bartlett? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, John Bartlett. Charles Bartlett. Yeah. He's doing. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm imitating the uh, Italian man working out while she's watching. Yeah, not John this. Well, well, we we it. don't we don't see him until after she. Uh, watches all of it. Right, I was just kind of in And that, that's was, when you're like, wait, she's married to this douchebag? Right. Also, uh, John Bartley is Jake Busey. Right, and he killed 12, oh. or 12 people. Uh, one he was more. a street killer. Mm -hmm. Right, they, yeah. they went, he on went on a He went on a rampage in a hospital and he, murdered 12 people. And he's he like going down. to, yeah, he's going to court, he's getting dragged, and they're like, hey, do you have our statement? He's like, oh, the score is 12, that's one more than Starkweather, and he's all there bragging is. about how mm -hmm. many people he killed. New high score, basically, is what he's saying. And boy, every Busey looks the same. Like they geez. have very similar. They all traits, have the same yeah. teeth. I'm pretty sure they all just share one set of dentures or something. <laughs> That's why the movie is they rated pass R. Them around whenever I, a I movie. think you have to be of a certain age to be ready for the reality <laughs> that the Buseys exist. <laughs> Wait, people look like this? I'm sorry, son. I wasn't ready to have this conversation. But yes, uh, uh, yeah. So he, they show that, and then they're married, and all of a sudden. Well, first off, he's super controlling. He tells her to be quiet all the time. He tries to just get sex from her, because why not? You're Italian. That's what you do. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Give me that hot cloaca action over there. I gotta fill up your cannoli. <laughs> yeah. oh, but the important thing is how the documentary ends, which says that... Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Johnny was executed by electric chair. Uh-huh. And Patricia... He who, went out saying... What did he go out saying? I got 12. I got 12. Yeah, got I got 12. 12. Mm. And uh, Patricia, who was his 15-year-old girlfriend, and yes, he was much older than her, and yes, it's gross. A little, yeah. Uh, well, was, well, yeah. Was painted as an accessory to the crime uh, and was given a life sentence, but there was outcry against it because people were like, 
She probably didn't do it. She was just dating the wrong guy yeah. at the time. She was an impressionable wrong child. Place, wrong so time, yeah. after a few years, after just a little bit of time in jail, I think it was I, it was uh, twenty years. I think it was twenty five. Yeah, twenty five years. Yeah. yeah. That she was, she was let out of jail on a governor's pardon and sent to live at the murder house with her mother. Conditional release. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, so this isn't actually a murder house. It just looks like a murder house. It's pretty murder house. It, it looks. It does kind of look like the murder house from American Horror Story. Oh, yeah, I don't. Oh, is that the season one? Yeah. Yep. I saw one episode of it. I'm proud Creepy. Of you. Creepy first episode. Never watched more. Oh, you. You don't have to watch the other seasons, but watch like the latest one. I think it's on Hulu. It's, it's 1984. Yeah, it's all. It has the 1980s summer camp horror movie aesthetic down to that's kind of like great. my favorite horror genre, like time periods so yeah i'm in i love it one of the reoccurring actresses is the receptionist lady from uh american psycho uh, the one he almost murders but doesn't oh they cha- runs through wait are you, are you talking about the, the blonde one yeah mm-hmm. the one he almost kills but then like doesn't just to say oh, i haven't seen this so i don't know you haven't seen american talking. psycho no. Well, stop the podcast. What are we doing? New. That would have been a good movie. For New us. theme. That would have been a great movie. Well, no, no dirt on oh, face. Oh, wait, no. He's, oh, oh, there's no dirt on face. Yeah. I didn't hear American. I just heard Psycho, so I was thinking, like, the latest You haven't Psycho. seen Psycho? Uh, stop the presses. TV series. Oh, we're cool. Yeah. I've oh, seen Bates, American Psycho. Bates Motel. Oh, okay. Wait, she's she's an American Horror Story? Which... She's a reoccurring character in a lot of the seasons. I think the one that I really uh, remember her as was the... Uh, the nun in the, the the second season who gets possessed by the devil. Uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's oh, yeah. Yeah. Always love a good possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always a big fan. That's her? Yep, that's her. Huh. Huh. So their house is going huh. crazy. Yeah, the poltergeist yeah. hits. The bed starts levitating and shit just flying everywhere. Oh, and conveniently there's a card for Frank Bannister on the bed. Mm-hmm. He's like, I thought I ripped this up. Why, why is that, though? Yeah, it's that, the, the card is that he finds a card before shit starts going crazy. And then it immediately goes yeah. crazy. And then there's just, like, fine. plates flying around. He's like, we don't need to get an expert. Just call the police. Yeah. <laughs> they can yeah. handle ghosts. Nothing the police can't handle. Oh, because he finds the card in bed, which is creepy. We need to turn on, though. Yeah, totally gets him going. But he's like, why the hell you got this? This guy come back? Who? what guy come back? Bed starts shaking, goes crazy. Um... So they call him, and he shows up, and he does his whole spiel. Do you remember the spiel? He's like, this is some kind of psychokinetic... He's like, uh... He's like, oh yeah, this is bad, this is bad. Did the the coffee table start spinning counterclockwise? No. Yeah. Did the toilet seats bang up and down, though, right? No. Did the bed float? Oh yeah, this is some psychokinesis. But, boy, like, he has an opening line that's like, oh, there's a lot of ghost disturbances yeah. here. Happens a lot this time of year. Yeah. yeah. He says that, like, every single time. And he goes through and charges them $450 or... They just drop, drop the fence. Don't worry about the fence I destroyed. Oh, because when he showed up this time, he destroyed more fence and more notes. He did. <laughs> On purpose. Yes. And then he pulls out an easy-bake oven... He opens it up. It has a little baggie inside it. It's like, oh, like oh, coffee grounds. Yeah. Got your ghost. Yeah, it's like a bag of coffee grounds. <laughs> he drops it in a garbage disposal. You want it as a souvenir? And he's like, oh, don't. He drops it in the garbage disposal and turns it on and turns the water. And he's like, oh, don't worry. They don't feel pain. Maybe they do. That's what the book I says. I don't know. Yeah, that's what the book says. <laughs> and then um, he sees, he looks on the dude's face, on the right at the, at, at, like, Wazamo Jr. 
And he looks right on his forehead, and there's a uh, 27. 30, 37. 37, like, in, in, like, a carved out on his forehead, and it's glowing. And he really catches him. He's like, what's with the numbers? He's like, get out of my he's house. He's just trying to get more money You're out You're swindling of. me, you jackal. And he throws him out, and he goes home. So, as it turns out, Frank is a con man, but he actually does have special powers. He can see ghosts, and he's the only one. And two ghosts jump out of it, or crawl out of the trunk of his car. Uh, Black Exploitation and Revenge of the Nerds. The, their names are Stuart and Cyrus. Stuart's the nerd, and Cyrus is. I the... could have told you which was which. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy to tell. You. Yes. <laughs> and they're upset that they they're immediately like they don't uh, want to ride in the trunk. Yeah, their buddy comedy stuff is just like, hey, you're taking advantage of us yeah. over there. So he runs a con with actual ghosts. He makes the ghosts scare people. Then he comes in and fixes the problem. He yells at him. Why couldn't you have flapped the toilet seat or <laughs> he something? Made he made me look, look like, like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> But he brings up, like, whose dumb idea was it to carve the number in the guy's forehead? And they're like, what are you you talking about? about? (laughs) Apparently they become, like, Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) (laughs) Also, then we see a dog that we only see at this point. The dog never comes back. No. 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 I was was surprised by that. It was a ghost dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's chewing a bone. Uh, Well, we see him walk over, pick it up off the ground, and then walk around with it. Uh, And and this is the next morning, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And they're arguing... About how they want to see the sights and do this kind of stupid stuff. Like Cyrus, in particular, wishes that he could get out of the stupid black exploitation getup and also smoke a decent yeah. cigar. Yep. But he's a ghost, so he can't smoke cigars. And he died in the seventies, so what can he do? Yeah, no, there's no way around it. Yeah. And I'm under the impression this is something that uh, actually, uh, uh, never mind, never mind, never mind. We'll get to the end. But so the dog comes running through the house. And he's got a bone in his mouth, and it turns out it's a jaw. And all of a sudden you hear... Yeah, Yosemite Sam pops out of the closet. And the judge, it's this old, like... uh, I like to think of him as, like, an old Western uh, grave caretaker. You know, the people who are out with just carrying the shovel around, leaving it against the shed. And he definitely looks like he was inspired from something out of Tombstone. Yeah, yeah. I'll be your huckleberry. Right, and he's shooting like crazy. He ends up shooting the nerd guy right in the face, ripping his face open with ghost bullets. And uh, he grazes him, right? And it turns out the dog has his jaw, so Frank grabs the dog's tail and gets the jaw and gives it to him. Yeah, just so, falling apart. So we can talk a little bit about what you were talking about now with the inconsistency of how ghosts work. Okay. So I think there's some rules, but they're a little malleable. Yeah. So ghosts can interact with physical objects. Most ghosts, yeah. There's like a. Well, it seems like it's a learned skill. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. something you can choose to do. Yeah, right? they, they can will it. They can phase through it if they want to, and they can interact with it if they want to. Right. Um, physical objects can interact with ghosts as well if their guard is down. Right. But it doesn't actually hurt Um, them. It just inconveniences them. Right. It gives them, like, some slapsticky humor that happens, and then they bounce back from it. Right. Ghosts can hurt ghosts? Ghosts can hurt ghosts. Right. And if a ghost kills a ghost, the ghost moves on to the other side. Or just dies. They never really... I mean, they... No, they do establish that they move on to the other side. They establish that two of them move on to the other well, side. Well, the judge was a shitty guy. <laughs> well, either way... Um, um, yeah, you've seen Little Nicky. If you commit a sin before you die... Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. But And the way it works is when you die, a portal appears. You can choose to go through the portal, and then you'll get to whatever your afterlife In real is. life death. Not ghost death. Not Yeah, not Yeah, ghost in death. real life death, right. If you, but if you choose not to go through the portal, then you stick around as a ghost, and you have to wait until the next bus comes, like, 
He said it's roughly they, they, they do establish yeah. it's roughly a year after you die. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't really matter. They never go back. And much. they never say if it's a revolving one year or if it's like a one and done and this is purgatory now. They don't really ever mm. talk about that. But they do establish in this scene now that the longer you stay uh, a ghost, you start to deteriorate. Right, because that's what's happening to the judge. Yeah, his the judge ectoplasm, is, ectoplasm all dried up. And his <laughs> joints are falling apart, which explains the jaw falling off. Jaw? Jaw? Jaw. Did I say jaw? You might have. Jaw. Jaw come back now. Jaw come back. Jaw come back now, huh? Texas in you. And, and, th- and, and Frank is just like, Sucks to suck, man. I gotta go. To yeah, I got, I, got a, I got a business to keep here. You're yeah. my, you're my the go-to judge, guy. The judge wants to retire because he's been running this scam for too long and right. he's old. He's, he's all out of ectoplasm. Yeah, he yeah. just wants to go to his nice grave down in the cemetery. Yep. Which is a nice place to be. I hear. It's yeah. Apparently, later on uh, at a cemetery, we just see ghosts that just right. chill in their graves. Yeah, they just chill there. But he blows them off and decides to set up the next con, which is sending uh, Cyrus and Stewart after a rich family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait, does does that happen yet? Because I think the next. Oh no! This is the, the very next, next scene. scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Because after this is when he gets out as a con man. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes down oh, there. They start right. carrying the bait. This is this is where the humor started to miss for me. It doesn't miss regular. I'm not gonna say it's not a funny movie because it has some good humor in it. But the baby like nonsense with the ghosts, I mm-hmm. thought could have been this scene could have been tightened up as a little fluff. I think that the tone of this movie is roughly on par with a Call of Cthulhu campaign that we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and the, there are actually some legitimately, like, tense and kind yeah. of scary scenes. Yeah. But a lot of the times it's goofing around. A lot of times it's pulling out the Tommy gun and just right. shooting up the monsters. Right. And sometimes the humor definitely does land. And, and this one was, was... I'd say actually more often than not. Yeah, it's got good stuff. Yeah, I, I find often, which I think this movie does it more right than it does wrong, that you can have comedy and humor in a very serious and uh, horror movie, but it's all about the atmosphere you set up for that moment. Yeah, right? because this movie is probably, I mean, it's definitely more comedy than horror, yeah. but it's not a comedy premise. I think there's only yeah. one true horror scene in the whole movie. Yeah, it, it is a very, like, you know, it is a serious, like, premise but it's done lightheartedly there's a whole thing we've talked about it in an excess before in both the chat and on a podcast with at least two of you um or maybe all of us in a previous halloween in july horror and comedy are directly tied to each other yeah, we say yes. that like yeah almost they, every, they're 100 percent tied to each other and there's a reason why you have to have that comedic timing to tie alongside it and there's a reason why people like jordan peele or danny mcbride are kind of like masters of modern horror and also before they were ever that they were comedians like huge comedians um, but that's don't make fun of Damon Bride's weight. He's very sensitive. I would know. Is that a, is that an eastbound and down joke or something? <laughs> Maybe he's just oh, a big boy. Oh, he, he is. He is. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie definitely is more comedy yes. than it, than not. And this mm. scene in particular is that they're gonna make three babies go flying around to scare the mom and the and the maid, uh, the, the, the the babysitter nurse lady, and get and again pull a con. And, and it's like, they're flying around, he's like, oh, this one pooped on me, oh, this is gross, oh, we can take the babies, and that was kind of stupid. Although, them talking to the baby was charming. Yeah, like, <laughs> like babies can see ghosts, which is funny. And hey, you want to cooperate with us? Yeah, and the baby yeah. starts laughing, like, that was fine. Uh, but the minute Frank walks I think it, in... I think it actually does a decent job of establishing <clears throat> the, the, the ghosts that work with Frank aren't actually, like, malicious. No, they're, they're just, they have to. They're, this is just what they're doing. This it's is their just, job. Yeah, yeah, it's just their job. 
Um, and then Frank walks in, and it immediately, exact same line for line, his shtick he tried to pull on the doctor. And, it's the season for it. Yeah, it's the season for it. And as soon as he turns his little specter camera thing to the, to the lady, yeah, she's got the newspaper. And the newspaper we saw in the very first scene it's ran like, a story. Yeah, it's like local con man uh, preys on the mournful or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the so, deceased song. What, the one thing I don't get is, they saw floating babies. Right. And well, yeah. I mean, maybe the maybe the woman's like rationalizing, like you know, her husband just Smoking died of grief. Yeah. Or she could also be like, he's a con man. He made that happen. Whether or not he, she knows yeah. how, he still made it happen. So, so it, is he just like the the Chris Angel mind freak of the right? Town he put his hand down. through a glass plane and mm-hmm. and then brought it a pain and brought it back, and you're like, oh. And we do know we do know, and we're actually going to establish pretty quickly. Frank is a townie. He's been around this town for a long time. People know him. For years, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's The next scene is him immediately bitching out the editor of the newspaper for, uh, you know, outing him as a con man. Trying to bitch her out. He says, like, two things, and then she just lays into him mm-hmm. and kicks him out. She's basically like, you're, basically a, piece like you're a piece of shit who preys on people who are dying. Yeah. And there's also, like, this serious plague of heart attacks going on. And now you're just taking advantage of that to, to bolster your, line your own pockets. And so. she shows pictures of him at funerals and stuff like in his face like get out of here to which he does and he's pissed off because this is his livelihood yeah. and when he when he goes outside you see a you know a parade of hearses going a by funeral procession yeah mm-hmm. parade of hearses yeah there you go. and That's in one of them we see a doctor yeah dr linsky what what's your first name dr jessica no it's doctor lucy bernice lucy, lucy. lucy. Obviously in the sky with idiot. diamonds such no her first name is doctor Doctor. Doctor in the Sky with Diamonds. Uh, yeah, that works. And she's sad. Wonder she, why. She's you know, she's dressing all black in the uh, in the hearse. Yeah. And then we see a new ghost. Right. He's walking down the street and there's a ghost coming at him. He's like, oh, what's going on over there? Why don't you look at that? And then the ghost hits him and knocks him down and you find out that it's the douche. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it also seems like because he can see the ghosts, he is more uh, prone to being like... Physically assaulted yeah. by them. Yeah, because yeah, you see he's, like, running through everyone effortlessly, and when he gets to uh, Michael J. Fox, he right. gets knocked over. He is yelling his name out, too, though. The, the ghost yeah. is. The ghost is like, Frank! You piece of shit, Frank! And then, bam. Uh, and they get up, and they go to walk away, yeah. and he explains to him, you're dead. And this is where we kind of see that there's, like, a learning curve to become a ghost. Like, it, like the right. longer you're a ghost, the more you can choose to manipulate. He's, control over he's it. having trouble, like, not falling through things. I think, like, yeah. he tries to lean on a wall and falls through it a little bit. Yeah. Yep, and he grabs him. He grabs him by mm. actually nothing. I kind of was like, what's up with this scene? He didn't grab him by the hand or anything. He just kind of reaches out into the air and pulls back. And I think the CGI just didn't line up right. But either way, he pulls him back, and he tells him what he needs to do. He's like, what? This is when it explains, why, why didn't, didn't you go, go into the light, you dumb idiot? Um, I'm only and, 29, I'm not yeah, supposed to be dead It's yet. because he's, like, really incredulous to the fact that he died. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's like an, shape. He's an exercise freak, he's like, and they, my he, body is a temple, that kind of guy. Yeah, and he's like, well, explain to me what happened. And he's like, well, I felt this, I felt this pain in my chest. Could it breathe, like a crushing yeah. feeling in his heart. And that was it. And he's like, cool, that sure is weird. And he asked him to give him a ride to the funeral, to which, of course, despite just getting into a major altercation about how he's praying on funerals, he gets in the car and drives the ghost to the funeral. I mean, he doesn't care what that editor thinks. He doesn't care what this ghost thinks. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. Exactly, so it's just all kind of like... He's got a business to run still, okay? 
Also, he's got the hots for Doctor. But if True. We, we remember he was a little bit bothered by the number, and we'll later learn that he has a personal connection to the numbers. Right. So he might have actually felt a little guilty about this. Right. So he drives oh, him there, true. and this is where you see yeah, all you of actually those. Do see, you, I actually didn't really put it together here, but he does seem legitimately offended that there was a number carved into his... Into, uh, was his name Ray? I think it was Ray, yeah. Yeah, Ray, yeah. But, but yeah, he seems like legitimately offended because he's like, it wasn't funny. He, right, he's right. Like, he's, like he's, de- he's like deadpan, right. like mad about it. When he's walking upstairs and the ghosts are like, I didn't do it. Yeah, you're right about that. That's a good point. Uh, so he drives him and then we see all the ghosts just hanging out in their mm-hmm. in their, in their their tombs. Well, they're not tombs. In their like, graves. Hey, friend. Yeah, yeah they all know him. Yeah. 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 And, and Arlie Irving is there. Yeah, you know, and then Drill Sergeant walks out and is like, hey. He's playing the character he plays in every movie he's in. I mean, it's... It's it's, the, like, it's his life. It, yeah. it was his career for 20 years, so... Yeah, hey, if someone's gonna pay you more than the government to do the same shit you're already doing, I mean, okay. And, like, beloved fame across the world. Yeah, I'm going for it. He has fun doing it, too. So also, yeah. fun fact. It's fun to yell um, at people. So you know yeah. the line, uh, hey, you know, t- only two things come from Texas. Steers, you know the line. Yeah. Steers and Craigs. The very first movie that was in was... Uh, Full Metal Jacket? No. Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. No. <laughs> Full Metal um, Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, it was in um, An Officer and a Gentleman, the Richard Gere movie. Oh. So that's the very first time you ever hear that. Uh, I can't remember the, the actor's name. Uh, uh, Sonovich is yelling at Richard Gere that line. And uh, then later, Ermy uses it in Full Metal Jacket. And that's because he was the consultant as the sergeant general for uh, an officer and a gentleman, he told him all the lines. He would yell at the recruits. Mm-hmm. So they used it. Then he got to be a sergeant in his own mm-hmm. movie and was like, well, they're my lines. I'm going to use it. The only difference being in Officer and Gentleman, it's Oklahoma. And in Full Metal Jacket, it's Texas. Well, he was also the consultant for Full Metal Jacket, but then... The, he just did right. it better than any of the actors. Yeah, right. And they're like, why don't we just use this guy? Yeah. So then he got it and used his own lines. And so, yeah, just this is a little history, a little cinema history for you. Little, little tidbit. Yeah, and he's there doing that character. You piece of shit, maggot! Get out of my graveyard! I'm running point on this place for whatever. And then there's, there's like, a grave with your name on it. And this here. is where comedy worked for me. Like, like, like I was saying, you know, it does work. It's, it's, it's Ermy beating the shit out of Frank in various hilarious ways, from flashing to full Vietnam gear with big guns to yeah, like he a has tank top. Incredible with... powers for a ghost. Yeah, he can switch between whatever. He has boxing gloves at one point, and then he's back to his normal. Op- like that was funny, and it was awesome. Main, maybe it's the actor that just made me love it, but whatever. That was a good scene. I thought that was great. Um, and he basically just says, "Stay out of here." Of course, Frank's not going to stay out of there. He just kind of pushes past. Yeah, him. he's just being a being a bully. And then we see like the most almost like passive aggressive eulogy. Oh my god! <laughs> it seems that Ray was kind of a piece of shit in life. <laughs> the guy's like so. People would say he, people would say he was basically a piece of shit. He, but he must have been a good guy at some yeah, point. I mean, look, right? there's people here warning him, so he probably was alright. I think the exact line is like some would say he was a little selfish and demanding at times. Oh, less than generous. Less than term. generous, right? But. We all love him anyways, and his wife's not crying. <laughs> and she, a little bit. Hey, and, and, and he's there watching and crying, going, oh, look how she's crying. He wouldn't he's say like, it if it wasn't yeah. true. He, he was so <laughs> turned about it. Um, and then everyone leaves, and... The doctor and, does notice Frank's there. Right, and Frank decides to, you know, kind of let Ray have his moment, because dead people need to have their moment. Ray falls in the hole. 
Right. But you just have an... Oh, yeah, and there's, like, the... the this is the dirt on his face. Yeah, they're the, throwing dirt on him. The casket comes down, and he gets scared, and then all of a sudden phases through it, because obviously he realizes he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then they start digging dirt on him, and he's like, Frank, help me! And Frank's like, not now, there's yeah. still people well, because, here. Because Sheriff Jowls comes up and starts talking to Frank. <laughs> yeah, Sheriff Jowls. I also recognize this actor, and I wasn't sure what from, but... He kind of looks like, uh, Sully from, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He does look oh, like Sully yeah. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But, uh, but yeah, he's talking to Frank basically, uh, you know, casually about, you know, how shit's fucked up. And he knows Frank, and you get the impression that the sheriff actually kind of likes Frank, too. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, he tells Frank that beside his wife, he was the last person to see uh, Ray alive. Holy snap, I had no idea that was the actor that plays uh, the judge. It's like a really famous actor, you'll recognize his face. Okay. John Aston. Oh, yeah! He's the judge! Oh, yeah. They cover him all is, is, up. Is he Sean Aston's dad? Maybe. <laughs> That's Rudy, man. I don't know. Don't mess with Rudy. Sorry, sorry, you're totally right. He's mostly in zombie makeup for this movie. Oh, 100%. But yeah, basically the, the the sheriff is just kind of talking to him casually about how you know, he was the last person to see him alive. The sheriff doesn't seem to actually suspect him, but he's like, they're bringing the FBI in on this, and I... The sheriff is a very well-known actor, the thing I'm thinking of him from. He's from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He's the, oh. a cop in that movie okay, as well. Yeah, What's that. the actor's name? Troy Evans. Mm, okay. Uh, and this they're clearly friends, Frank and the sheriff. They're, they're, they're having a relative. Yeah, it's almost like he's giving him a warning that the FBI is here. Right, like, I don't suspect you, but I know how this looks, and the FBI is taking this case out of my hands, so... Right. And he knows the history of Frank that we're going to learn in mm. the next scene. Or, not the next scene, two more. Eventually. Yeah, it's two more. Yeah. And then... So, yeah, he, he asks the, uh, the sheriff to leave so that he can pay his last respects. Yep. Which is to help him get out of the hole. Yes. Right. And you see him, like... You know, awkwardly pulling nothing out of the hole. Like, He's doing a mime room team. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you see the sheriff's perspective of what's actually going on. It looks. And again, the sheriff's just like that Frank. crazy. Frank. <laughs> That's Frank, and uh, he helps him out, and he walks, uh, starts walking away with him, and uh, they're having a conversation about something. Oh, he's gonna set up to talk with. Uh, Lu- Lu- so Lucy stops. Him. Right. She. Hey, hey, you, real quick. I know, I know you, everyone's yeah, calling are, you a con Are you man. here for a reason, though? Like, uh, does Ray have a message for me or something? Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, he loves you. Well, <laughs> yeah, at first he's not going to say anything, but then he's just like... Well, because she says, you probably think I'm stupid. I believe you that you're this guy. Right. And he's just like, ah, one of the... They bitches yeah, be you know, thirsty. The, the thing that any medium tells a, uh, a mournful widow, yeah. Yeah, he loves you very much. Yeah. He did love me very yeah. much. You're yeah. right. Aww. Though it does have the added comedy of Ray screaming, tell her I love her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so breaking down. Uh, so they set up a time to um, meet. At medieval times. Yeah, at yeah. medieval times for some reason. And they're both dressed nicely. And it, it's like the fancy medieval times. Yeah, you're not watching the thing yet. You're in the <laughs> dinner You're in the dinner hall. But all the servers are still dressed as knights. Yes. Of, course, of course. It'd be yeah. crazy to not be. Yeah, and then we, we have a pretty funny, like... This is, this is a pretty funny scene where you see how... Basically how shitty the marriage actually was. But right. Ray was completely... Wrong about everything. To it. Yeah, he's yeah. like super sad and crying. And he's like, yeah, we brought her flowers. It's our anniversary. She's like, oh, that's nice. And then immediately, what kind of wine will you guys have? And he's like, red. She loves red. And she's like, I'll have white. Never liked red. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> oh, and this is the scene where he gets his nickname for me, Ghost Cuck. He ghost gets <laughs> cucked. He gets cucked This is hard. a ghost cucking scene. So <laughs> she's very clearly, like, not, she's, she's not over his death, but she's like, I've got stuff to talk about. 
She, with Ray. I mean, she actually says, our marriage was not that good. Well, she says that after, because he's like, you know, hey, where's that $16,000 I gave Ray? And Ray's like, oh, God, I lost in bad investments. Say something. I'll come up with something. Don't worry. And he's like, yeah, he lost in bad investments. She's like, Ray! And he's, oh, he's gone. And that's what she's like, yeah. oh, just like Ray, take the money and run. Our marriage Ray's was still awful. here just like, the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, our marriage was awful. We've been through a lot. And Ray's a torn up. He stands up and starts well, so, screaming. Well, so Michael J. Fox starts to uh, like, you know, give her like a, you know, a touch on the hand. Is like, I'm sorry for your loss type thing. Yep. And Ray takes it as, you fucking trying to yeah. cuck me, bro? Get off my mm-hmm. wife! And he hits the glass uh, of wine. It spills on him, and that's when he decides to do the walkout kind of. I can move things now. Yeah. You gotta watch out. <laughs> yeah. I think his exact words was like, I can, I can interact with objects or some shit, and yeah. then just. Fall. Beep, 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 but beep, beep, beep. I thought this was funny and good because he's not a full ghost yet. He goes to walk, he walks out the wall, and he falls. Like, it shows him, like, trip out the wall, because there's nothing there. Um, and then Ray, or Ray, Frank goes to clean up in the bathroom. Because he's got wine all over his pants. And if they, if this would have been the perfect moment to get cucked even harder by her being like, Oh, let me dry I that up for you, yeah, and, like, rubbing his thigh with the... But no, you didn't. That's just, I'll save that for They're my fan. Okay, I'll save it for my fanfic, okay? That's definitely going to be a Frighteners fanfic. Yeah. But while he's washing his hands in the bathroom, some guy comes up to him and he's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wil- Wilfred <laughs> Brimley walks up to him. He's, he's <laughs> kind of Wilfred Brimley. Uh, yeah, guy. and, uh, and you know, Frank notices a number on him and then notices on crawling on the walls. And he sounds like... 38. Yeah, and yeah. he sounds like comically like, you know... Going around the bathroom. It, it like, start, it, I think it actually started playing the Mission Impossible thing. <laughs> the yeah, because he, he looks like he's trying, <laughs> like he's freaking out trying to find this thing because he sees that he sees the ghost coming into the into the room and like, he knows calling, doing the wall crawling. And thing. as we've assigned, the the number freaks him right out. Uh-huh. Seeing the number just sets him. So, and the guy's just like, the fuck? he starts washing his hands very quickly. But to his credit, he does still wash his hands. Washes soaps. Ian goes to well, no, he doesn't. Get it's to important dry. that you wash your hand for thirty seconds. Yep. Don't spread. Uh, don't spread diseases. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. That's very prudent. From Doctor DJ. Right. Yes. And uh, so he he kicks in the door and you know kicks in. And he's sitting there against the wall, like breathing heavy. Yeah, he sees the the thing go into the stall, and he's like, "I got gotcha, you," but yeah. it's not there. It's still just the wall thing, from what we can see. Yep. Mm-hmm. Still just the weird pushing. Then we get its actual form. All of a sudden, the mirror goes all. And straight up, it's a Grim Reaper. Yep, yep. It's the it's the cape with a sigh. Well, we don't see a sigh yet, but it's... You it's, will it's, have a sight later. Right. And then he reaches in. It just goes, like, straight through the chest. Doesn't do anything, but you know what is happening. Yeah, he caves in. Squeezes the heart. Guy drops dead. And he has one line uh, at this point where it's just, Mother? Or is it Mom? Yeah, and he just goes up into this the This is light. where you first see the portal that right. brings them up mm-hmm. to the... And this guy light. does the right thing. Goes to it. Uh-huh. And, you know, Frank trips over the body and just runs out. Yep. He's like, oh, that, well, because well, he sees the thing fly up and out. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like determined to go see what it's about. Yeah, he's actually, like, he's, he's not running away from this. He's actually running towards what never did. It. Right. Yeah, he's trying to go after it. And then the next scene is him the, driving real fast. Yeah, he's driving toward, well, so no, the, the police go police bring, yeah. Yeah, it's the police station, because uh, he's not to the museum yet. Police station, uh, and the deputy comes in, and he's like, there's a dead body over at the restaurant, and Frank uh, Bert Bannister was uh, seen... Uh, fleeing the scene. Fleeing the scene five five minutes later. Yeah. And then I think that's when... Uh, they bring her in. They bring her in, and we get the introduction to the FBI agent. Yeah. Which... Darum? Dammers. Dammers. And he's sort of like 
He's a mix between, like, Crispin Glover and that one guy from Torchwood. So this guy is played by Jeffrey Combs, who's a name you probably don't recognize, but he is actually a fairly big name in B-horror movies. Oh yeah, I just looked he him was, up. And there's he was like, Herbert West Reanimator. I didn't see Oh, oh the, wow, I know Reanimator, okay. In the original and all the sequels to it. <laughs> really? Uh, he also does a lot of voiceover roles, like in video games. and Also, apparently uh, a lot of Lovecraft movies. Yeah, oh, he's like all up in them. Um, in fact, all those things on his body are actually on his body. That wasn't makeup. Yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty sure that the character of Dib from Invader Zim is based off this character in this movie. He does kind of seem like that would Dib all grown up. Dib all grown up. It's like the Rugrats, but... With <laughs> this is definitely his most well-known role. This uh -huh. was like his most like mainstream movie he was he in. Is, uh, and to be fair, I actually kind of love his performance in this movie. He's he's to say he's quirky is uh, an understatement. I think you could. He's also in a, a movie called Necronomicon. Oh, what do you Necronomicon. know? Yeah. No, this one's called Necronomicon. They right, spelled Lovecraft. it wrong. Yeah, this yeah. isn't from Evil Dead. They they spelled it all wrong. <laughs> um, this character, I think, as a premise could work, and as a job, like as an acting job, it was good. But there was quirks to him that didn't need to exist that would make it a better movie. Yet, like. Being nervous when women yell at you, yell at him. I would have been okay with that if they had capitalized it. They do. Later. They do. She does it once later. That's how she gets away. She yells at him and he runs out of the vehicle. Yeah. Um, well, he runs out of the vehicle and then starts doing his whole like I control. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So yeah, he's got quirks to say the least. The, the very first one you see is he comes in and immediately goes all Jacques. And she's like, you don't know shit! And he's like, oh! And he goes and throws like, up. You don't know anything. I do actually like his uh, monologue about Frank Bannister. Yeah, his oh, monologue yeah. about Frank Bannister was good. Well, uh, which was... is what he does next. Well, the, So the thing is that he's the guy who gets called in on all the weird, like, paranormal oh, the fruity cases. Yeah. The fruity cases, as he puts it. Uh, and, he, and he explains to her, you don't know shit about Frank. Let me tell you a thing or two about Frank. And he get, this is where we get the whole, well, we get the bulk of his backstory. Um... Uh, five years prior, he was an architect. He was a very successful well, architect. very successful architect, and he's got cool rich guy hair. Oh, did we mention that his house is like half built? No, yeah. but that's important. Yeah, he's got. It's just framework. Yeah, it's framework, and it's us like you know, construction plastic and tarps and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, five years prior, cool Michael J. Fox with slicked back hair and a business suit, and his wife are building their dream home. They have an altercation where they're yelling at each other because she wanted a garden and he ended up making a basketball hoop and he's drunk they do point that out he was drunk he was seen drinking and then arguing with his wife about that thing mm -hmm. and then they get in the car to drive away still arguing still arguing we're just going at each other and they're on holloway road holloway road yeah holloway road and there's an accident probably from him driving too fast was what the guy says it's mm -hmm. kind of a given but they <laughs> throw it in there because he's vindictive and uh, what happens is... The and he mentions that uh, earlier that day, Frank Bannister... So Frank Bannister always had a tool a toolbox in his uh, car. Yep. And inside that toolbox was a, uh, a carpenter's blade. That, retractable knife. Yep, that uh, he had bought seven fresh blades the, the day of. And this is where you get a little quirk thing, right? He's like, 
three, you know, it was on the third day, it was the third, seven blades, and he's like, hey, speak up, you're mumbling again, you got sidetracked. It, seems, it feels to me like he's going through mnemonics, like, he, he th- that's how he has all of this th- stuff memorized down to exact detail, like, he remembers the name of the guy who witnessed him having an altercation with his wife. Right, he does it all, so, and, and he points out the wife was found 15 feet away from the car, dead, and he was found two hours later in the woods just wandering, claiming to have no recollection. And the big revelation is that into her forehead was carved the number 13, and the blade has never been found. It's the only thing they can't account for. Which, at, there's another twist later on, but this one, like, the moment I heard 13, I was like, oh, the ghost is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's number 13, she's dead, and that's why this guy is like, I know Frank did it, he's murdering people, and I'm gonna prove it! And he's been after him for, like, the past five years. Yeah. Since, I assume, he was, like, assigned to that case from the jump, and just immediately He's, he's been following all the uh, the suspicious deaths since then. Yeah, and he's going for broke on it. Uh, which moves us to uh, the scene of Frank driving like a madman. Yeah, he's trying to chase the, the Grim Reaper ghost. Yeah. Which he chases, well, he crashes his car again. No. Not yet? No, he crashes his car after. Right, With right. so he actually chases it, and he sees, he looks up, and there's a light coming from the museum. Yep. And that's when he's like, well, fucking, I know where I'm headed. Yeah, so you see, you see a little scene with him and his ghosts before them, where, you know, the yep. judge is like, I've seen this before, it's the Reaper. Right. The soul collector. Yeah, oh, right, judges explain. They're like, ah, fooey, you're talking about old-timey nonsense. Ghosts are incredulous over something. Yes. <laughs> but either way, sure, whatever, we'll buy it. Um, yeah. As it, soon as he sees the beam of light, he races towards it. Right. It was like a fundraiser at a museum. All the all the reporters are there. It's right. an Egyptian... Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, does someone exhibit. die in the middle of that? Nope. Because they immediately send the... No, so 38 was... Uh, was Wilford Brimley, and this is 39 here. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, 39 is the main character of the story. Main character understudy. That's why, after all this, is when someone says that they seen Frank fleeing, like, driving, like, five minutes, you know, fleeing away. They said that he was at the scene, and he left. This is when they point out that he's going fast. So the sheriff is just like, bring Bring him him in. in. Right. So he looks up, sees the light, and drives to the museum. It's a real fancy museum with very expensive historical things, (laughs) clearly. And he uh, immediately sees a dead person, and it turns out it's the main character of the movie. Um, the reporter who really wanted to write an article about right. the Reaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had his starring role, top billing, and unfortunately dies early. Mm-hmm. It's a real psycho moment when they killed the main actress. It's crazy. <laughs> I hate um, all of you. But anyway. <laughs> um, and he noticed that, And but the crazy thing is, even though this guy's dead, he looks over, and uh, J, J, J. Jonah Jameson has 39 on her 40. Forehead. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. Has it on forehead, and he's like, "You're, you're gonna <laughs> die!" Like, he says, "Are you hurting me?" Yeah, yeah. She freaks out. She thinks he's the one who's gonna kill him. And luckily, two cops show up and instantly pull their guns. Freeze, like, yeah, it's it's time. We're doing this. Uh, well, he does seem to be approaching a lady threateningly at, while there's another body on the floor. I think drawing your gun is probably appropriate at this point. Threateningly, everyone knows the body was dead before he showed up. Also, yeah, he didn't whatever. have a weapon. Yeah, and he had—he was up. Well, that but he matter. has been. But at this point, you know, from the cops' perspective, he has been at the scene of the past three deaths. True, very true. And uh, he is freaking out, and all of a sudden, he sees the ghost, and he's like, well, "If this is going to happen right now, like, what are we going to do?" 
So he punches her in the face. Well, no, no, no. That is way later. That was later. That was way Because right. right. now the, the, his ghosts intervene on his behalf. Right. Yeah, the judge comes in, guns a-blazing. Shooting at the specter, at the, at the Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good, because it's a good diversion. Yeah, because guns are always the answer. Right. And the, and the specter does start flying around. To which, why do they start shooting at him? Uh, so they don't yet. Michael J. Fox uh, runs for it. Well, yeah, yeah. and so, they immediately start opening fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he uses this as a distraction, start running, and they start firing at him. Okay. They, well, first the the judge gets horny because he sees a mummy, and he's like, "That's good, good teeth." teeth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he goes to start humping the mummy, this is which, the which knocks it, which I've knocks seen. it over, and then the which distracts the police, which is what. Uh, Michael J. Fox uses, and then Cyrus and Stewart start puppeteering another mummy, which that's yeah, the, the, the police just police start, start destroying this museum. They just shoot the shit out of this mummy that's walking at them. They shoot the shit out of trying to kill Michael J. Fox. They're going nuts. Uh, and this is when he punches the reporter and runs. Right, because the the judge wakes up from banging a, a mummy, and he's like. I love, I love it when, when they, they lay there. Like my ectoplasm's back. Yeah, yeah. yeah he says, "I love it when they lie oh, there," God. and then exclaims that he's, he's he's vigorous and his ectoplasm's back to immediately get chopped in half. I'm pretty sure it was like something like ghost juice. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to think. And he about says, "I'm not firing blanks anymore." Yeah, he, he does, does say, say that. that. He does, and then he gets hacked in half by the Grim Reaper. So Michael J. Fox punches the reporter lady in the face, grabs her, and books it out of there to his car. Mm. Um. Gets in the car, they drive like mad, uh, they get into a car crash, she starts freaking out because he's clearly trying to kill her. Well, so this entire time, remember that the Grim Reaper is chasing him. Oh yeah, like, it's like you fully see, the, the Reaper uh, hits the scythe under there and actually gets a... Uh, it jumps on top under. of the car, whips out the scythe, and sticks it through the window, and then, yeah, it's up and, under. And, they, and it and, cuts and, him. Yeah, oh, they, it cuts to, him. The, to their credit, he always does, he does have that cut yep. the entire movie. From this movie did continuity much better than Army of Darkness. It kind of <laughs> holds to what it's doing. <laughs> Um, and well, it, this was directed by Peter Jackson. So. No, it was written by Peter Jackson. And, and directed. directed. No, it was produced. No, produced. And written, produced. Directed by it was written, produced, and directed. Zemeckis no, was also... I thought Zemeckis was the director. Zemeckis, no, Zemeckis was, was just the producer and write, and uh, whatever. No, 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 I'm pretty sure Zemeckis was the Look it up, you're going to be embarrassed. Because Peter Jackson was all over the credits. Oh, yeah. Movie. Oh, yeah. I can't... I can't... Wait, I had it on my phone. You didn't need to, but it's too late. Oh, and I was going to see the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. is directed by Peter Jackson, produced... Bye. Close it before you see the score. You can well, be, it's fine. Oh, okay, we're cool. Where is where is Zemeckis on this? Was this just presented by Zemeckis? He was, Zemeckis was definitely there. He was there, because I kept saying Zemeckis. Well, Danny Elfman's all over the soundtrack, Yeah, that's too. true. This is a very uh, Danny Elfman So soundtrack. anyways, it's chasing him, it's killing him, it's doing all sorts of stuff, and then they crash the car. And the, it, it's literally, like, shot for shot, the, uh, the scene they show in the flashback where his uh, wife dies. Yep. Yeah, same road and everything. Yep, and same spot, almost. Mm-hmm. And then... The lady starts running away, and she's like, "You crazy son of a bitch!" And she gets replaced with Ted Raimi and yeeted across yeah, the forest. Gets absolutely get flung, destroyed by this thing, <laughs> and then goes up to light. But as she's on her way up, you killed me. How does it feel? You killing me, you son of a bitch? You'll burn in hell. Did it feel good to kill me? Did it feel good to kill your wife? Is this yeah. how you get your jollies? Jacques, which just my little that doesn't get you into heaven. Be, be acting like that yeah, I'm just we, some we've guy. seen that this is the end okay? yeah that don't get you into heaven <laughs> what was it it was uh, they were about to get to heaven they start shit talking on the way up yeah and, and then they just step back down, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah and then, then Danny McBride eats uh, well before that he mocks him like oh 
petty, aren't we? Yeah. Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she she goes to heaven and he uh, sees the the thing and what does it do? It takes off because it. It killed her. Yeah, it killed her and yeah. then. Oh right, and that's the end of the scene. We don't actually get yeah. a resolution. Oh uh, yeah, we go back to the. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the yeah, police. The, uh, the banister. Yeah, the the FBI is like banister's long gone by now. He's resourceful. He won't yeah, see. You don't know this guy like I do. <laughs> he's he's crazy. He's resourceful. And he You'll never catch him. Yeah. It, it was it was pretty much the exact same scene from. Uh, uh, they do the Boondock Saints, where uh, the police uh, officer, the one that's always getting fucking Willem Dafoe. No, Willem Dafoe is no. <laughs> the one that's always getting styled. Yeah, the one's always getting styled. Oh, okay. Willem Dafoe's like, no, nah, these guys are in the wind. They're hiding. There's something you're never going to see him again. And then the brothers walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty. Wow, they stole it from this movie. We're, we're seeing a lot of our choices of movies have been ripped off. Over and over. I know. <laughs> I don't remember the other jokes made from the other Mulan. movies, but move on, right, from Army of Darkness. <laughs> oh, Army of Darkness had a lot of them. Yeah, it did. Uh, and he walks in, He's this is actually, like, the tone changes, because he's sad, he's like, hey, she's dead, she's, in the, yeah, it, she's it, in the woods. Like, he actually feels really guilty about not saying, because the, her death mirrored the death of his So wife. he's mm-hmm. feeling maybe like, it's, it's the age-old superhero thing, like, hey, if you're close to me, I hurt you. So he, he feels guilty, and then the lady's like, No, Frank, you don't need to do this. You didn't do it. And he's just like, Hey, get out of my way. I was just doing my job. Yeah. Like, I don't do, care about do you. Do you really know me? Like, I was lying. I made up all that stuff about your husband. And she's like, No, you weren't. No, you weren't. He's like, Hey, I don't care about you. I actually do think this is, like, the best acted scene by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it's movie. very good. Yeah, it's super, super good. The tone, the, the, the comedy tone changes, and now it just becomes, like, a dark suspense movie for mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. And you're just like, Son of a bitch. And there's like an Actually, argument. the interrogation is really uh, good too. Oh yeah, interrogate. Well, it does have a bit of comedy. It's got some comedy, but I think like the entire like the scene is very right, good. right. So he's in the office with. Uh, well, there first there's sheriff. an argument between the sheriff and the FBI and Dammers, the FBI guy, where he's like, oh. Frank wouldn't do that. He's a great guy, and he's and then Dammers like, Nah, fuck you. Yeah, get out. And he's like, What do you mean get out? This is my case. And he's like, By the power invested <laughs> in me by the president of the United <laughs> States. I claim this victim. Does he say get the fuck out? He doesn't say get the fuck out. He definitely says get get the hell out. Yeah. He definitely says that. Okay, yeah, you're right. But I thought maybe this was like the R. The, this was our F word. <laughs> but no. Um, there so is he, the use of the word bitch a lot. There is a lot of the use of that. Oh, and importantly, we didn't mention this, but at one uh, when they first introduced this character, uh, Lucy screams at him and he like freaks out. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. did yeah, we, yeah, we talked about, about that. It. And uh, I ignored you guys. Disrespect. Uh, he decides to interrogate him, and he basically just goes over and hounds him about how you think you're this, you're not, you have split personalities, you're making well, another actually, character. He actually starts to get into his head, too, because he's like, you you say that it's this this Grim Reaper thing. He right. tries to tell him about so it. Yeah, he brings up an anecdote about a, uh, a, a woman in, like, Russia that, uh, through the power of her mind, was able to stop the heart of a frog just because she wanted it to stop. And he's like... I believe that some part of you thinks that you're not killing these people, but really what you're doing is you you have some sort of power to kill them and you're externalizing it. You you're imagining this grim reaper while your power runs out of control and Yeah, it's them. your rational mind trying to justify what's happening. And then he like gets a little scared, he's like, Oh shit, are you doing it right now? Yeah, because my <laughs> oh, yeah. fox starts like like shaking and like freaking out. And he tells him you don't understand and, he, and then he 
when he starts exclaiming, are you doing it right now? This is where the scene just lost me. I got a wet vest yeah. on. He rips his jacket open to expose a oh, piece of body armor that nipples. boobies. Yeah. It has nipples There's boobs and everything. in it. Checkmate. Three and a half. <laughs> this round's the, his half up, but now we're at three. It created bat nipples first. <laughs> Another thing taken from this movie. Uh, and he, he's got, uh, he believes this lead chest plate will protect him from the telekinesis that he's capable of. Here, well, th- this is a kind of a thing. It's a kind of a reoccurring gag with this character. He's almost right. He's almost, almost got yeah. this shit figured out, but every time he's like close to putting it all together, he hard swerves yeah. into something dumb. And something. that's the thing about him too, is he doesn't not believe this is paranormal. He just believes that, uh... Frank Bannister is the paranormal threat here. Right. He's the one ha- making it all happen. Which is evident later. Yeah, so he does that, and then he lo- throws him in the cell, to which we get a scene from back to uh, Dr. Boobs going to Murder House. Because she's going to... She's... Well, first she... She doesn't believe that Frank's a bad guy. Right. Mm-hmm. First she goes to Frank's dream house. Right. Which she finds is still dilapidated, yeah. like still half-constructed. And Ray is there talking about... Pff, Dream house? Oh, come on. Look at that. He wastes his perfect good basketball court. Yeah. So you see that Frank actually did convert the basketball oh, court into right. a Oh, yeah. You, you prefaced it with the joke. But yeah. yeah. He does. She walks out and sees... She already knows the story, and she sees a full garden and a rusty hoop as Frank dedicated it back and was yeah. a good guy. It was at that point she decided he's going to bone down. Yeah, he's definitely got this. He's got what I want. And then the phone rings at his house, and it's the... Uh, the mother. Yeah, it's the... the Bram Stoker's patent. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Oldman as played by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're like me lobster, do you? <laughs> and she says, uh, the thing is back after my daughter. She's communicating with the demons. Uh, come save it. She's like, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. All right, I can do this. I'm going to be the one. So she immediately goes there. And finds the daughter and is like, you gotta get, come on, we gotta get out of here. Like, what's going on? Well, because the first time she sees it, the, the daughter has, like, a big bruise on her neck. And the the woman, she you know, she's like a doctor, and she's like, you know, I've seen stuff like this before. Yeah, you, you didn't want to tell me, but that was your mother. Your mother is abusing you. Right. And she just breaks down, and she's like, you don't know what it's like. Yeah. Like, And she, she has an urn with ashes on her nightstand. And Dr. Like, Boobs goes to touch it. And she's like, no, don't don't touch that. That's yeah. that's mother my said, father. Mother, mother said it was my fault. Dad, yeah. Daddy killed himself he, after the, uh, he killed the incident. Him, he killed himself after the incident, and she says it's my fault, so I have to keep his ashes in my room. Right. And the doctor is like, wow, that's that's really fucked up. Look, I'm going to do what I can to help mm-hmm. you, but at this point, the mother comes yeah. up. Well, and she says, please come with me to mother's room. I, right. I want to show you something. And she shows all the, uh, the articles, the newspaper yeah. clippings. Cause basically, to show, like, you know, mother's been holding this over my head. I was, I was just a, you know, I was just a kid, and right. I... I was afraid for my life to... And so mom comes home and she's like, hi! I think it's important that uh, Lucy's actually the one who's like, this isn't who you are. You were just a kid. And uh, Patricia's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because she's very victimized at this point. She's Mm -hmm. very... Yeah. And then when she hides in the closet because the mother's home... She tosses her in there. She finds the... um, FB. Yeah, yeah. uh, Michael J. Fox's uh, box cutter. Yep. Which has his initials on it. That's how you know it's his. Yeah. Just like when you find underwear. You know mm-hmm. whose it is by what's stitched into the pad, the back, <laughs> obviously. And she uh, is like, I'll take Mother downstairs to the kitchen so you can escape. 
She goes to make coffee. Mother goes down there, and uh, Lucy bolts, runs, runs to the hills. Wait, no, no. Uh, we forgot a scene where uh, before she goes into the house. Yeah, Ray sees the house. Ray sees the house, and it's all murder. Uh, right, it's it's yeah. wavy. He's like, and holy so, shit! Don't go into the murder house. And so when she's trying to leave, she's attacked by the ghost. Right. The ghost pops up behind her, but she doesn't see it. Yeah. Also, uh, and Ray just, stops it. Yeah, and right. Ray is slowly like deteriorating too. Like you yep. see that he's uh, his ectoplasm. He's ectoplasming. Yeah, and uh, he he blocks it, which results in him dying. Yep. He gets he gets just like he gets squashed and thrown on the hood of the car. <laughs> yeah, I know. You see that, which she can't see it, but it was cool for like from like a horror perspective. You're like, oh fuck, that. Oh, thing. like oh, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely dead. Um, and one thing I thought was funny. I mean, I'm I'm not in the business of pointing out plot holes. We watch plenty of movies that have them. She, why didn't she take the knife to the police offices? Just, I mean, you're right there. It's with you and you're escaping. Take the knife. Go be like, hey, guess what I fucking found? It's not him. And then send him. But it's this crazy old lady. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. That would just be the very first thing you do. And she's headed to the police station. Yeah, that's, that's where she goes. So, like, visit day. Yeah. But she doesn't well, have the knife. I think she also, like, remember, she's the one who's willing to believe that this paranormal stuff is real. Right. So I think she also believes that there's some paranormal aspect to this. And that the police aren't going to be able to help. It's got to be Frank Bannister. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes in, and he's in just a traditional prison cell or jail cell. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to convince him that she knows it's not him, and he's all right. And he's like, listen, you understand. I'm going to hurt you. She's like, don't give me that bullshit. And uh, then... It's like, you're not the only one who's lost someone. Right, right, which is true. She lost her shitty husband. Mm-hmm. Which is totally equal to someone losing their dream, but and their <laughs> wife and their house and literally their entire lives. But yeah, it's all right. Whatever. And being played with ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he notices. Uh, did she get a number on her? Yep. Yeah, yep. she got the number. Uh, and he immediately, Forty-one. Mm-hmm. Forty-one. And he immediately starts freaking out, and he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, what's gonna happen?" And then the the thing comes in and woof and grabs her. Chest. Yeah, and he's like, calmly go ask. For the deputy to be, oh, you know, there, there is a little bit of a funny scene before this too. Like they, they they hug it out, right? And his ghost pals show up, Cyrus and Steve. And they're like, oh, this is like walking out of your parents. And they're just like, nice. Yeah, he's <laughs> just watching, and then he gets pulled out. Just go, go away. Um, but yeah, the the Reaper attacks her. Yep. Uh, and she's saved by uh, Cyrus and Stuart who barrel in and tackle it through the wall. Yep. And then he's like, all right, go just calmly because she's freaking out. She's like, why couldn't I breathe? What was that? And he's like, just tell the guard, you're re- or the sheriff, you're ready to get out. So she's like, I'm ready to go. And then the thing comes back, and the, they continue to wrestle it through the wall, and he just shoulder charges and knocks the guard down. And they get out and start running away, which is instant confrontation with... Uh... Well, the first Stuart dies. Yep, Stuart dies. Yeah, the ghosts oh. keep like, sacrificing themselves to get in yeah. uh, the Reaper's way. He slices Stu up, and then uh, which upsets Cyrus, so Cyrus keeps fighting it. Over and over and over. And then they run, and they're immediately uh, stopped by... Uh, uh, Dammers. Dammers. And he's got an Uzi on him now, because... No, he does not have that. He's not done. Just oh, it, is, it is an Uzi. No, he does not. You're right, you're right, you're right. Because he picks it up from his body. I remember now. So he has a gun, and then... Uh, uh, so Lucy runs him for protection. Yep. And, she, uh, and then while he's holding Michael J. Fox at gunpoint, she does the classic fire extinguisher to the face. Not hitting him with it, using Spraying the actual down. fire, which is actually probably more effective. If you get that shit in your lungs, you're done. Yeah. 
Uh, it, it, uh, I mean, it's meant to take the oxygen out of fire. Yeah, so it's that... per- and smother anything. Mm-hmm. And then Michael J. Fox gives him a kick in the ribs for good measure and takes his gun from him. It does that like almost like comedy where he kicks him and the gun flies yeah, up. Yeah, and then he catches it out the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he takes the gun and he's like, it takes a ghost to beat a ghost. And he puts it yeah, they run out. So they run outside. They run past what I made the joke of. They're not cops. They're mechanics. They're <laughs> oh, run yeah. by like multiple mechanics working on cop cars who do nothing. It's like, this way. And they get all the way to the end where they're locked in. It's a dead end. Yeah, and then he... And this was this scene. So he, then he's like, you know what? I gotta have a near-death experience. And he puts the gun to his head. No, he's gotta have an out-of-body experience. He wasn't right. planning on coming back. Right, he was and, totally dead. And she's like, don't be stupid. Yeah. Come with me and I'll just put you in a cryogenic right. freeze. So yeah, I'm a doctor. I can... Well, she's like, I can maybe do this. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure this will actually work. Yeah. It's better than shooting yourself in the head. Coin toss. Right. And then they flash to the doctor's office. Yeah, he did try to punch the Reaper when it, he attacked her, but... It did nothing. As right said, right. like, if the ghost is aware that a physical something is coming toward them, they can just unfaze and be like, whatever. Yeah. And uh, and while they're there, she injects his arm with something, and she's like, all right, this will lower like your breathing. Lodocaine or something? No, no, that's that was after. That's after. Yeah. He's like, it'll lower your breathing, it'll lower your heart rate, and I'll bring, revive you in 20 minutes, and hopefully. And he pushes him into a freezer. Yep. Any longer, and I might not be able to bring him right. back. So it works. He gets locked in there, and he dies, and his ghost comes out. But, Dammers da- is here. There it now is. Now with an Uzi. Now Dammer shows <laughs> up with an Uzi, because of course, FBI budget. <laughs> And he, so this guy doesn't do anything halfway. Yeah, and he's like, oh, you're going to bring him back, hey? Well, not if I don't let you. Like, he's totally cool with murder at this point. He is good. He's fine with this guy dying. No qualms about it. So he handcuffs her and throws her in the car. She tries to fight him, and he pulls out the easy. I remember she picks up the random tool. <laughs> she tries to yell at him, but he cranks the radio. Yep. Oh, yeah, in the car. She tries to scream, and he's like, oh, no, this is freaking me out. Music. And it's the... Baby, baby, just baby, 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 baby. I actually know that song, and it's um. It is an actual song, but since we watched it on Hulu, it, they're right. all replaced with covers. It's from an song. Adam Sandler movie that I'm thinking of. Adam Sandler's crying, singing the song, and I can't. remember. The wedding singer? No, that was I don't know. No, I know all those songs. It's not that one. It's, it's not Happy Gilmore because I know the song. You cry. No, that one's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wanna kiss you all over. Not that one. But anyways, he uh, so he he. Flares it and he drives to the cemetery and he has like this real creepy. Cemeteries are so peaceful. I love so these restful. places. Yeah, so restful. And he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll take you back to the to your office or to the station. In exactly eleven hours. Then, <laughs> why eleven hours? Just because. Oh, while they are driving there, the ghost does try to go for her, and Michael J. Fox kind of just like right flies yeah, towards and grabs him. He figures out how to be way. a ghost better than any other ghost is a ghost in no time. But it makes sense because he he's the guy who works. Yeah. yeah, but like none of the other ghosts know how to fly, and he's just like, let's see well, if this yeah. works. He kind of more or less oh. falls with style, though. <laughs> oh, shut up! He flies. <laughs> the the Reaper gets pulled away by, a, like, a fly on a windshield. Yep. And they they get hit, yeah, from the uh, truck. It just runs over Michael J. Fox and makes him, like, a comedic, like, mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit-style, like, bumpy body and mm-hmm. knocks that away. Um, he keeps fighting the thing away, and they end up fighting all the way to a cemetery, but... The cemetery, actually. The, the same you cemetery. Know, the one in the town. Right, and, uh... Which scene happens first? So Michael, fight, Fox, or... so Michael J. Fox is uh, coming through the cemetery, and, uh... No, because the ghost doesn't no. catch up at first. That's first, not... it So, yeah, while they're wrestling in the truck thing, we go back to the cemetery, that's and that's, that's where uh, Dammers 
shows his chest with all his well, so scarification. She decides to start yelling at him again. He immediately gets out the car, and then he has his like his, middle modification. His cool down freak out. My body is a temple of pain. A roadmap of a pain. A roadmap of pain. I, I that line sticks in my head just because of the way he delivers it. It's that's that's a good scene to show. So that I actually so better than the dumbass body armor. Better than the weird face like ticks he has. Like this scene portrayed how creepy and into the occult this guy is more than anything else. Because he has been like uh, the the we have we didn't mention the line, but when he's first introduced, the sheriff's like this dude has spent twenty years uh, investigating cults and yeah. going undercover, and it's like now we know it's like God and into that's him. that's kind of why he's so unhinged. Right. He's seen mm-hmm. some shit people were his, his body's scarred, burned. He has pentagram tattoos on his chest he's got all sorts of shit and while he's doing the speech uh uh what's her face uh the doctor lucy she sees the car just start on its own and start backing up and and she has a quarter that she's able to take the armrest not not yet uh she's doing that wow oh yeah that is and damer's like i'm I'm doing doing it with my mind doing it with my mind (laughs) yes Oh wait, no! And, the car is <laughs> and while it's backing, uh, then we see, actually see Michael J. Fox backing up. While he's backing up, he gets attacked by the ghost. Right. And then the car moves on its own and backs into a wall. Yeah. And she get breaks free. The the Reaper comes in. He kills Arlie Army. Yeah. So Arlie Army immediately sees him, pulls out his guns, starts shooting at him, and gets sliced up the center. Gets sliced right mm-hmm. in half. To which you're like, oh, that freaking blows. But, then, but luckily, he did bring his guns out Yeah, first. so Michael J. Fox picks up the guns <laughs> and spends a good, like, two and a half minutes... Either way, he started blasting. Just holding the trigger blasting. down. Because it's ghost bullets. They never run out. Yeah. And he's just pull, holding the trigger. He shoots the thing to pieces where it starts falling into actual pieces. And, uh, and, and it this, does splatter. Like, it does look like the binding of the Necrocomicon yeah. from uh, like Army f- of flesh, Flesh-like. And Until then it's just like a deformed face. Black goo. Yeah, and he's like, like, like beating it against, He starts like beating it against the gravestone trying to figure out who it is. Who are you, Smack? Who are you? Smack again. I actually still pulse. like the effect shot on his gross face. Right? Oh, no, that, this, was like a good, this was a good CGI moment. Mm. Um, it ends up, you know, it's revealed that it's obviously... Oh, God, Jake Busey. Jake Busey. Uh, Johnny Bartlett. There it is. Johnny Bartlett. And he's like, oh, man, I did go to hell. And I got out. And I started doing the good work again. And it got me a score of 40. Yeah. You're going to be 41 or something. I don't remember. And a bunch of ghosts gather around, and they're like the ghosts of his original 12 victims. And one of the guys is like... Hey, I want to thank you for avenging me. Right, the the old an old doctor guy, and he has the num- uh, the number twelve carved yeah, into he his says, head. I was the last one, and then uh, uh, Bartlett is like, not avenged yet, and then, yeah. then he just slips through the cracks to a crip underneath. And this was the bad CGI. This was the, as, as he's yeah, like reforming. He literally looks like I don't even know. Well, I think the real problem with this, I think on its own, it would look fine. But Michael J. Fox. Well, Michael J. Fox comes after him at this point. So yeah, and he tries to like wrestle him to the ground, and so you when they do the ghost effects, it's just the actor, but like with a transparency layer. It's on force ghosts. Like, they're just like, force they're like green screen, but like half chroma keyed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's actual Michael J. Fox, but with some after effects. Wrestling this CGI thing in there, not interacting very convincingly. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the sludge is like amorphous, and the ghost is well a physical thing. Well, quote unquote, is like mm-hmm. an actual thing. So the way they had to try to put it around it, you actually see scenes where you it doesn't, you can't like make sense of what the graphics are because yeah. you just see the body. Yeah. It was it's hard a little to fo- It was hard to follow, right. but in the end, he 
wrestles away the, the scythe and he goes to kill Busey once and for all. Yeah. And then he wakes up. Well, he, he swings twice and it clink like he hits an imaginary wall and then clink. It was like a shock like, almost. Yeah, and then he's like, oh! Oh, Yeah, and he gets pulled back to life. And here's the best Michael J. Fox acting in this. You did this during the movie. Would you like to do your Michael J. Fox impression? <laughs> oh, fuck. What was the sound he made? It's like, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, does deep breaths, but then he does these like effeminate noises. He's like, <laughs> he's going through some stuff. <laughs> he was frozen to death. <laughs> it's tough, but it also it shows him thaw out very fast. He goes from like all blue with ice all over to mm-hmm. skin color with a little bit of ice to, and then he's back. Like, uh, but Michael J. Fox does say, "You got to get her out of the house. You got to get her out of the house." Right. That's what he's yelling because he knows. What, what the bad guy was and what he he assumes uh, yeah, he's gonna he, go back for the he, kill. He tells her it's Bartlett. Yeah, and, like, and he's gonna go back and finish mm-hmm. what he started. And this is where it actually becomes a horror movie. Yeah, this, like this, it finally and, becomes a horror And this movie. is actually like, I think this is a pretty good thing too because, you know... Oh, I actually really like this twist. Yeah, because uh, Mark J. Fox saying you gotta get her out of the house, you gotta get her out of the house. Uh, Lewis is like, Patricia, I gotta get her. Yeah. Like, she's act, He's actually talking about the mother, obviously. Right. Michael J. Fox is, because... He knows... Uh, uh, maybe. I mean, we... But he doesn't really know exactly the deal. But you, you so. get the impression that he has dealt with her in the past. Because she was calling the back... Because like, the mother was calling... Oh, like, you might be right. You might be right, yeah. Oh, the mother yeah. does have him ready. That's a good point. Wait, so what... I forget what happens. There's some reason that he doesn't go with her. To well, he's, he's still frozen. He's still frozen. He's still, the doctor is like, I'll take care oh, of yeah, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her, her boss. Yeah, yeah her boss shows up and he's like, and I'll, I'll take care of this. Who's also like the coroner. Yeah. yeah. So she gets there, immediately sees her and is like, we gotta go. And the mom's like, she doesn't leave. And she's like, well, why do you have the knife in your closet? You Takes off, runs upstairs. And she's like, don't worry, I'll take care of mother and then we'll go. And she goes upstairs and comes back down and is much more calm. So now mother's decided we're going to the police. Yep, just wait. For when, when she comes down, we'll be ready. And uh, as she's doing that, we finally get to see... Uh, 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 John Bartlett in ghost form, not in Grim Reaper. Now he's form. just Gary Busey. Yeah, now he's not just, Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, he's Gary Busey. He has all of Meatloaf's finger paints. Yeah, <laughs> and he—that's he's what like, set him off in the first place. Lucy can't see him, but we can, and obviously the lady yeah. can. And as soon as he shows up, her demeanor changes entirely. Yeah, and she's like, "With this, the Gary's out killing whatever." Or, yeah, not Gary. <laughs> Damn it, DJ. And. uh you know, we gotta get out, and she's like, oh, yeah, I know. He visits me at night. She's like, oh, that's really creepy. And all the while, Jake's like, oh, I wanna kill her. Yeah, I'm Can we kill her? This. Yeah, let's and kill yeah, her. I was getting real murderous during this entire yeah. movie. I don't know why. <laughs> and the way the, the woman ex- is is uh, reacting is expl- is both saying yes to him and to her question. So she's like, are we ready to go? And he's like, you kill her. And she's just like... That sounds great. Like Honestly, to, kudos to her acting in this because she's, she's the best really actor. Unhinged. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, Jake Busey is scary because he's Jake Busey. It's his but. face. It's his face. It's like Biff. He's more so just a big guy who has a dumb face. So you're like, okay, he's he's the bad guy. Yeah, it's just the way he is. But yeah, like the the Patricia's acting is genuinely unsettling from and the again, beginning. When I she's... think it's actually a pretty cool twist that the mother was right. Right. She yeah. was in fact evil this whole time. And and the fact that this movie feels almost like a Hallmark style movie to me. It was like a made for TV movie almost. That lady has incredible acting as both like the victimized scared girl. And the slow transition to full-on psychotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I, I pointed this out earlier. I love the detail that 
she let uh, Lucy assume all these things. Like, right. oh, you're the victim. She's like, yeah, yeah, I am yeah. the victim. It is, it's all my mother. Yeah. She never says it. She just lets it ride. And meanwhile, we now know, like, oh, the mother is so controlling and beats this girl and has a shotgun to shoot the fucking ghost to try to stop and her from being you know, a knife in her closet. Yeah. yeah. Just to keep her from being a murderer. Yeah, took yeah, took the knife away from uh, mm-hmm. her daughter. Yeah. And we yeah, we do know why she has a knife. Yeah. We we do see that. Um not yet. Not yet. But, we but do yeah, that. so she she's he walks into the kitchen to get coffee or water or whatever while they're waiting mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, this knife right here. You do it. You do I'll it. watch. I'll watch. <laughs> And she runs upstairs. I do and, love the line where she's like, stupid do-gutter. You know, yeah, yeah. This lady's such a fucking moron. And she I'm runs upstairs to see, uh, unfortunately, Gary Oldman dies in yet another role, <laughs> laid out on the bed. Oh. Not killed by the ghost. No, uh, sliced It's, in, it's important because now when uh, uh, Johnny Bartlett talks about uh, the kills, the number of kills... He says, our kills, not right. my kills. Right. I actually really like his monologue here, where he just starts name-checking a whole bunch of serial killers. He's yeah. like, we're... And they're all real. They are yeah. all real yeah. serial killers. Yeah. Ted Bundy. It's like, we've got eight on Gacy. We're approaching Dahmer's numbers. I yeah. bet I bet old Jeff will be real proud when we no, see him. Uh, that's a, uh, talking about uh, Ted Bundy. Oh, he's right, Ted yeah. Bundy. But either way, same point. Ted Raimi. Yeah, and then he's, yeah. Uh, Donna the, the Ted. Who's the Russian cannibal that he's talking about? So, it, this was in the, like... Soviet era, it's like the fifties or some shit. There was there was a, a Russian cannibal who murdered like eighty people, very covert, and never. I don't think he ever got caught. I think he came clean about it or some shit. Um, there's a movie about it, a horror zombie movie about like specifically about him. That's really good. It's kind of funny because like earlier today uh, at work, uh, we were ate someone. Yeah, I did. Also, we true. were looking up just our, our given names and like who's famous and Alexander. Uh, uh, my buddy Alex, we looked up his, and then we I found this one. For looking up. That's how he types. He's a fast typer because he writes books for a living. He does this. <laughs> We're just waving our one finger in the air. And we found this, like, one Russian dude named Alex who, like, was, like, a normal guy until he had a, a cranium uh, accident and damaged part of his brain, and then he lost all impulse control. And over, like, over 20 years, he killed, like, 50 people. <laughs> They just started cranking whatever he wanted. Yeah. No, yeah. no impulse control. Yeah, of just, course, yeah. Yeah. Don't kill people. And yeah, you um, just lure in homeless people with vodka right. and then throw them into the sewer. All right. <laughs> and uh, that part's pretty intense, and, and you see a dead mom in a bed, and she's like, oh, no! And she goes over and finds uh, the ashes, and then, well, Frank yeah. shows up. Oh, but yeah, first Patricia shows up behind her and does, like, straight up the psycho yeah. stab. Wee! 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 And then she slams the door in her face. Uh... She comes out with a shotgun. Right, she gets the gun, blasts through the door. Gotta stop blasting! Yeah, and then uh, Frank shows up, and they're like, Uh, lady, gun, uh, gotta get out of here. And they this run. is where we find that the ashes are actually partless. They run into her room, and immediately, yeah, he's like, Oh, there, there's this, and it's... Um, we gotta get this to consecrated ground! Yeah, to, to Jesus. And they're like, Oh, there's a chapel over by this uh, abandoned old... hospital nearby. Um, oh, uh... Bartlett possesses a painting to try and attack Frank, and Frank smashes it through a bedpost, which causes Bartlett to retreat into the uh, cup of ashes. Yes. So Bartlett's te- is out of the picture for now. Temporarily. He's trapped in the. Yeah. He's trapped in the cup. I'm going to assume that's some sort of paranormal. His ashes were close yeah, enough in proximity. They don't really explain it, yeah. but it, it's it's easy enough to just roll with the which, movie logic. Yeah. I do like. The, the approach they take with that because he's been the, the main bad guy for most of this movie doing all right. the killings 
And now it's the main focus on... Now it's a tangible threat. This right. crazy bitch. This, the, to solve his murder spree is actually relatively easy. To solve the human with a shotgun chasing you, because they have the ashes now, is less so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they run, and they get... They go, what, they go out the window or some shit. Yeah. yeah, and then they're just at the hospital. Actually, I really like this scene, too, where they interlace the scene of the... Uh, the Original the murder. Spree. Yeah. Like, well, while they're in there the entire time... Uh, Michael J. Fox is seeing the scene live of the murder, and he can't control it. Yeah, he can't get, he can't like snap out of it. He's actually in the hospital back then. It's genuinely super fucked up too. Yeah, oh, no, this yeah. is that, a, again more I mean. real horror. The shit. minute Lucy's talking to her, this is a horror movie t- till the end. It's legit. Well, maybe not the end, end, but it's good. It's real good. Um, and he sees so he sees the way it all started. Uh, John was an orderly. And the doctor was like, hey, you dumbass bitch, are you deaf? And he turns around and he pulls it over and he goes, well, I guess you'll be the first. And he has a cool-ass rifle. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he obviously shoots and kills him. And then he wakes up. And uh, meanwhile, he's going through all this stuff. They are on the run from Shotgun Lady. And And then... They're trying to get the chapel. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out where he is. And that's where he learns. The doctor, right in that scene that I was just explaining, in that scene was when the doctor goes, fourth floor... To the left of the chapel is whatever room they were looking mm-hmm. for. Uh, is the chapel, and they're like, "Oh!" So he wakes up from that and is like, fourth floor. Let's go." They take off. Mm-hmm. Like he's not explaining to her what he's <coughs> experiencing, which he was really. I mean, that would be a lot to go through. Yeah. But it's it's making it dangerous too because the, he can't see what's going on in the real world, right? And one of them, they do a cool cut because you see you see that in the flash that uh, Patricia, fifteen year old Patricia. Is like his spooky little girl skipping through the hospital, murdering people with a knife. Yeah. Oh, so she's not murdering anyone. She actually doesn't kill anyone. She's carving the numbers into their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's killing. She's keeping track. Right. She's keeping score. But right. she is into this. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She's loving. Like they, they, they see themselves as the Bonnie and Clyde of murder. Yeah. And so yeah, like we now know because she's evil and they have a thing. He's definitely. That's why he. My nickname for him is Pedo Ghost. Right. But when you when you see her when you see her in the uh, in the flashback, just smiling and skipping through the hallway with a bloody knife, it then cuts to the real uh, what's happening now, where she comes around the corner with a shotgun and almost blows uh, Frank's head off. Yeah, and a taped on mag light. Yeah, yep. she's smart and she knows it's nighttime. <laughs> it's like electrical tape. I mean, she's <laughs> she's got she's got a leg up on Doom Guy in Doom Three because he couldn't hold a flashlight and a gun at the same time, so. <laughs> She played that game and vowed to never have that happen. <laughs> yeah, and we actually do see now that uh, Damaris has made his way in here. Yes. Yeah, because um, Lucy and Frank get separated at some point. I think it was during one of his <clears throat> flashbacks. No, flashback. Yeah, and he says, all right, start looking over there. I'm going to go this way. And they, and, they, and they do it, and then he starts having the flashbacks of uh, watching her with the gun in the uh, like patient's rooms. Which was messed up. As oh well. yeah, when he's hiding underneath the bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and meanwhile she's running and she runs into him and uh, uh, Dammers, and he's got the Uzi again. Because why wouldn't he be without his Uzi? Oh, that that scene uh, when he's underneath the bed and he flashes back. We do see that doctor again when he becomes number twelve. Number twelve. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's not intended to be the last one, but he is the last one. The authorities are on the way. Yep, and he's like, huh? Well, I oh. guess. Bye-bye. Well, we got Wait. eleven. That's what. Uh, there was, we did gloss over, I think it was back at the house, he regains his memory of what happens to his wife. Uh, he hasn't gotten that yet. That's when he's in the chapel. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I when thought that get, happened earlier. That's when he gets upstairs. Yeah, that's when he gets his ass knocked. That's when he gets knocked down the flight of stairs. Or not, not oh, through, through the, the floor. floor. Through you're the floor. right, you're right. Let, okay, we, we'll get to that. Yep. Um, right, so he's trying to get into the chapel with the ashes. Yep. He accidentally knocks over a statue, which yeah, and importantly, uh, Lucy got well, stuck no, in the elevator. Yeah, I was gonna say we yeah. didn't do Lucy's part right. yet. She runs into Damers. Yeah, she, she she kicks Damers in the nuts and runs away. Yeah, pretty much. And he chases after, her and she gets into one of those old school cage like, elevators, almost like a dumb waiter. Yeah, mm-hmm. for people, mm-hmm. for dummies, for uh, dumb waiters. Right there, we go. And she starts going up it and gets away from him, but it stops just like halfway up the next floor, so she can hand the ashes to. Uh, Michael J. Fox, and then he takes it, and he's like, "I'll be, don't go anywhere, I'll be right back. Poor dialogue, but point remains. Um, oh, no, she, they, they even kind of put a button on I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, she just looks at him like, like I guess. And then, uh, yeah, the door to the chapel is barricaded and all this, so, so just, he starts kicking it down. Make a ruck, he grabs like a piece of wood like a, and just starts bashing it, and then he gets a window through, and he sees the tunnel. He actually sees the, 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 light. the, the light, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, well, clearly this is where I need to go. So he kicks it in, and right before he's able to, Dammer shows up. No, no, he, there, there's some a little slapstick that happens where he like hits a board the wrong way, and it sends the the the, the ashes flying. ashes yeah flying yeah, the goes flying, and Dammer catches it right, right and then right, he turns right. around the corner, Dammer's like, "You're such an asshole." Yeah, I'm an asshole with an Uzi. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, <laughs> that's the actual line. Yeah, oh man, it'd be a shame if uh, someone opened this. I bet you Urn of ashes that you're trying to consecrate. This is again with him almost having it figured out. He's like, oh, I bet it's really important you get these ashes to consecrate a ground, right? I bet it would be really bad if I opened them. <laughs> and he just opens mm-hmm. them and scatters them. Yeah. And you see, and, like, and this is when Mark Fox actually says, you're an asshole. Yeah. I'm an asshole with an Uzi. Because yeah. yeah. you have no idea what you've done. Yeah, and you see Bartlett's face in the ashes as it, like, he's mm-hmm. like, and, he's just <laughs> <laughs> and he goes away, and then, um... As as Uzi's him. Yeah, well, yeah, he shoots them up. Shoots him pretty good, and he's damaged. Like shoots, shoots like he sh- shoots his shoulder, shoots his shoulder, and then he's. At, uh, we actually get a setup that happened earlier. Oh, yeah, he, when fa- he, was- he falls over a little bit, and he's like st- stumbling. And Damers is like, "Turn around! I don't want to shoot you in the back." Right. Well, but this is important. Earlier, when this all happened, he dropped that statue. It put a hole in the floor. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So he turns around, and what does he see? <laughs> Crazy bitch with a shotgun, so he's like, huh. And Damage do doesn't know? see her because she's on the other side right. of him. So he steps into that hole, falls back through the floor right as she pulls the trigger and blows Dammer's head clean off. Like from the neck just up, just boom. His head explodes straight up and his ghost head is just there in the place. He's like, fuck. <laughs> what? And he falls through the ground and when he lands is when we get his full recollection of the uh, what happened to his wife. Mm-hmm. So they crash the car. That ghost thing comes down, kills her, grabs her heart, and then you see a hand pick up uh, with a leather glove, pick up the knife, and he looks up, and it's that crazy lady knelt over his wife to carve mm-hmm. the, the, 13. the 13 into her forehead, mm-hmm. uh, which is f***ed up. Mm-hmm. And now he's upset, and he's got a vendetta, and he's pissed off. And d- during all this, Lucy and the dumbwaiter, you know, gets a... Uh, Makes a noise, and as someone who's stuck in an elevator that you can get shot at, starts getting shot at. She hears Frank fall through the floor, and she calls out to him, and then Patricia's like, ah, found ya. Yeah, let me go shoot ya. And then she shoots at the cage a bunch of times with buckshot and an open cage, but never hits her. That's cool. But it does cause, like, the elevator to start working. They never said said Patricia was a good shot. Right. 
She took his Dammer's head off pretty clean. Oh, yeah. In fact, we, we were about to see evidence that she's not actually particularly good with that At shotgun. All. Um, and, uh, yeah, gets it working, and she goes down, so and she can meet up with, uh... Frank. Frank again. Yeah, so she's going to kill Michael J. Fox, but thematically out of ammo. Right. Mm-hmm. Right at the last moment, puts it to his head, pulls the trigger, click, mm-hmm. and then you see, uh, Bartlett's back, and he's being a real dick bag. He's holding, uh, the girl, uh, Lucy down the whole time, so she can't move. And mm-hmm. she doesn't understand why she can't move, but she can't move because he's holding her in place. Mm-hmm. So the lady with the shotgun obviously puts it under his throat and holds him. Chokes him to death. Yeah, she chokes Frank out. Yep. And then then uh, Bartlett has uh, Lucy at her mercy. He's yeah. like, hey, babe, Kill him this one's style. you. Make her, make her number 42. Cause, yeah, which is, so so do, do, either do, do, doesn't count the mother yeah, that's what I was about or... What are these two people that are not counting? FBI. Either the mother or the F- Well, actually, mother, FBI, or Michael J. Fox. Two of the yeah. three aren't being counted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's fine. They'll re. They'll they'll. They'll reassess figure. after yeah. it's all done. Yeah. Um. And she walks over to like this weird table. This is clearly the like basement of an old school hospital that has all sorts of fucked up stuff, like a saw and stuff. Yeah, so she, she like picks like up a, a saw. It's like, it's, a, it's like a handsaw. Yeah. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. She picks up a pickaxe and he's like, yeah. And she walks over real slow. It's it's basically the 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 Drake meme. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nice. <laughs> and then uh, she walks over to swing it, and Ghost Fox, because he died, yeah. tackles her. And rips her soul out. Yeah, rips her soul out. He got really good at being a ghost. I pre- well, he works with him. Yeah. I, I, I prefer to think he literally, like, when he went to tackle her, he did the, like, reached and grabbed the heart. Like, he was just like, screw it, you're dead. I mean, ghosts can definitely kill people. Yeah, he's very like, quickly. He's like, screw it, you're fly. dead. Yeah, and he's pulling her through the, the portal with her. Right. Th- through the light. This was another... Didn't age well moment, but it was it was fine for the movie, but it didn't age that well. They're like swimming, the CGI, CGI yeah. swimming. It's, it's more like bad green screen. Yeah, yeah, it's just poor green screen. So anyways, he's pulling her up into the light because he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Barlet's like, babe, no, don't leave me alone. Which I actually thought was both um, like corny, but also unexpected. Because usually in horror movies, when the duo is broken up, the one always is like, I'm going to start killing so it was so, kind of cool that they were just like, That's yeah. the thing. They're right or die for each other. Because right. remember, she was in jail for 20 years. Uh, Bartlett was a ghost for that time, but he didn't resume killing until she got out. Well, he probably couldn't. back up with it. So that's what I was going to lead to with the next part. Uh, or at the end. I'll, I'll talk about that. There's actually a important right. reason why that happened. So he chasing after her, which again, I thought was pretty cool. He's going up. Um, and when they get to the top... Uh, Bartlett actually manages to grab onto her and be like, ha we're going back. Like, we're going to go keep fucking shit up, have a good time. And uh, Michael J. Fox, now human form, is standing there. In and heaven. Cyrus and Stu, yeah, from heaven, walk over and they're like, sup, buddy? And St- Cyrus, not wearing his exploitation clothes Yeah, he's anymore. got a nice suit and a cigar. And a cigar. And <laughs> I and actually kind of love that pamp. I was so happy for him. I was happy for him. I wasn't very happy for Stu. Stu's Stu a, starts with... They got libraries and the honeys. And Cyrus <laughs> I mean, is they like, do kind of establish he's a little bit perverted. Right. The- and Cyrus is like, yeah, Stuart's quite the ladies' man up here. And he just walks away to go keep getting some poontang. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what is yeah. this scene? But when we see while Bartlett is uh, taunting... Uh, oh, no, they stick around. Yeah. yeah, they stick around. I know, but he turns around and walks out of his frame. Yeah. But yeah, so while Bartlett is taunting uh, Frank, the the... 
you know, the heavenly portal starts turning into a demon anus. Yeah. And the, the, the two, Cyrus and Stuart are like, uh, you don't want to watch this. <laughs> He's like looking down at them like, oh, they don't know what's about to happen, do they? And then we proceed to the uh, the tentacle hentai. Yeah, they just get yeah, What we learned of... is that everyone who goes to hell goes via prolapsed anus. Yep. And it they... is 90 CGI, but I actually think this looks pretty freaky. It wasn't bad. It was pretty into It looks like something you'd see in a video game cutscene, yeah. which was pretty good. And it had, um, it reminded me of the tongues that come out of Tremors. Oh, yeah. Because it, it was all these certain things with pointy heads just kind of going in and out, their orifices and locking them all up. Total hentai. Yeah. Craig was fully erect yeah. the entire oh, rest The whole of the movie. movie. I yeah. mean, yes. Especially at the bat nipples. Right, right. That really got him Love bat nipples. Uh, and, and they get pulled into hell, obviously. And, he, and then you see his wife. Oh, sweet oh, moments. She gets a couple lines. Time to go home. Yep, and he's like, I am home. Not yet. And he's like, what do you mean? And it's the very, you, you know, you've seen this. He's not dead yet. He wakes up in, in real life. He comes back to life. And, and his wife gives him a thumbs up on boating down with Lucy. Oh, no, yeah. she says, go live your life. Live your life. Yeah, yeah. like, like, eh? Yeah. Eh? I know what's happening down there. I like to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do it all. It's my watch. fetish. Yeah. I didn't tell you when you were alive, but I'm totally into that. Uh, <laughs> obviously. That ghost cucking thing also, that was doing it for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so he wakes up, and she's very happy to have him back. And they get to smooch a little. Because it flashes to the future when they're at the new house. That's oh, so being he's, he's, he's ripping down the old... The old bones. The old frame so they can build a new one for each other. And they're having a picnic, which is so cute. Mm -hmm. And then you get the sheriff who comes back, who I love. The sheriff's one of my favorite characters. Sheriff Charles. He's wonderful. He's He's just, hey guys, how's it going? And he's like, no, he's He's awesome. We found a whole bunch of Ouija boards at the the old murder house. Uh, You want to maybe write a book about us? This could be my retirement. Let's do this. And he's like, not really my bag. Why don't you ask your guardian angel? And he turns around and he's like, Ah, you got me, Frankie boy. You jokester. But then you get the best reveal of as he goes to drive away, dead dammers is just in the back of the truck car, the the police car, just looking at him (laughs) like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but, and then I actually liked the ending. I thought it was really cute. Um, Lucy's like, well, Dammers didn't look too pleased, did he? Oh, we, we actually skipped over it because she asked why he can see ghosts, and he explains that he, when he was in the car accident... Yeah, after, the, after that, he can see ghosts. So they say that, you know, trauma can alter your perception. If you experience trauma, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he did. And she's like, well, you know what they say. When you experience trauma, it alters your perspective. And then she puts the, the blanket over her head and is like, ooh, and chases him like the Grim Reaper. It's a cute little, mm-hmm. like... And then Kevin gets really mad because Hulu uh, covered Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, they did a shitty cover of Don't Fear the Reaper on the end of the movie. Just really DJ bad. DJ had to calm him down because the actual movie does have Don't Fear the Reaper in it by Blue Oyster Cult. Allegedly. Hulu. So leave it when I hear it. But yeah, it was just, it does that. But I, the ending was cute. The ending was, was pretty cute. But it was very um, in, in line with the cutesiness of the beginning of the movie. It was, mm-hmm. it was a nice yeah, little... Books, books yeah, nice. yeah, it was a nice little tie-up. But, but that's the movie. Mm-hmm. The Frighteners. Mm-hmm. Well, well. We gotta do our uh, Rotten Tomatoes, personal scores, and final thoughts. But before we say any of that, I want to point out one thing that I thought was kind of fucked up about this movie, and they don't really touch on it much. Um... It is implied in two different parts that the way to bring a ghost... There's a couple ways for ghosts to stay alive. A, if they choose to not go on, mm-hmm. and they kind of exist in some way that they don't really lie. Mm-hmm. And two is to gain access to their grave. So 
when uh, the judge is talking at the very beginning, he's like, you have my bones. Like, put my bones back. Now, we could write that off as, like, literally meaning his ghost bones, but he means, he says it in a way that's like, I'm not meant to be here anymore. I'm not supposed to exist Are you anymore. Are you says too many skeletons in the closet? No, that was okay. afterwards. When he puts the jaw back on and he sits down talking about how he's out of ectoplasm, mm-hmm. he says, you have my bones, like, I'm not supposed to be here, put me back. I have a, I have a grave, put me back in it, I'll be nice and happy. Oh. And also, she's in jail for 25 years. The killings don't start till she gets out of jail, and it's found out she he has or she has his ashes. That's why he's able to come back. She has his ashes, which brought him back. That's why he escaped from hell. Oh, so oh. it's implied the whole time that yeah. the way you get the ghost back is either a, which doesn't work for Ray, but Ray's body isn't put away yet, and then he can be like attributed to being attached and whatever. But it's implied that you get them via that. So he's holding these ghosts as slaves in his house. <laughs> Just for cuz. And also the connection between uh, Bartlett and his ashes, like when they break the painting and he's sucked into his ashes, are also kind of like a genie in a bottle thing. Like, I've got your ashes, I'm in control of you for a minute until it's opened back up. That's super inconsistent in the movie and also sets the precedent that Frank is a slave driver of ghosts. (laughs) And that's not cool. (laughs) Ghosts do seem to be legitimately his friends, though. Right, right. Well, of course. It's, what was, what's it? Stockholm? Stockholm Munchausen? Yeah, whatever. Like, they they got no choice. They got no, he's like, if I wanted to get shot up, I'd go to LA. He makes jokes about it because you have to. That's not what Munchausen's is. Whatever, I I asked. He said Munchausen's. No, Munchausen's is, uh... Munchausen's is when you like make up a bunch of symptoms because yeah yeah not that one the one where you yeah, fall in love where, with your where, so Munchausen's is where you are sick because someone tells you sick basically because you're being you're you're being capped yeah. you're like health yeah that's Munchausen's my proxy yeah. yeah well I started with Stockholm but like how Eminem says in a uh, cleaning out the closet victims of Munchausen's system yeah <laughs> so that 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 theme to the movie like Stockholm syndrome Stockholm that theme to the movie is gonna weigh on my score a little bit because I just felt. They didn't need to explain it, but they gave you enough to draw that conclusion that I was like, eh. I don't think, I don't think that, I, I don't think the line that the judge says actually is meant to imply that Michael J. Fox is holding on to his remains. Well, Bartlett is tied to his remains directly. Bartlett's definitely tied to his remains, but we don't see that Cyrus and Stewart are, and I don't think the line about the judge was meant to be taken literally. We, we well, I think what the, the deal is... Is that as mentioned, the portal does come around every now and then. Mm-hmm. I think what the judge is implying is that he wants to get on the next portal train, but just as like a friendly goodbye, like "Hey, just so you know, I'm probably out like, the next time." And then right, Michael, and Michael J. Fox, Fox begs him to stay. Come on, you're my you're my business. Yeah. If you leave, I don't yeah. see it as such, but I could. I, that's fair. But that's fair. So I am going to recuse myself from the uh, oh, Rotten Tomatoes score because I've seen it. Yet. Okay. 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 That means it's on to you, Gregory. Okay, I'm gonna say, critics, sixty-one. Oh, did you see both? Yeah. Okay. Critics sixty-one, and fans seventy-six. Okay. I actually think the critics are gonna like this a little more than fans. I'm gonna give it like an eighty-two for critics. Okay. And I'm gonna give it like a, I, I don't think anyone's going to be like this movie was awful. But right. I'm still gonna give it like a, I don't know seventy-five fans. Okay. I'm going to get... When did this movie come out? 96? Mm-hmm. Horror was pretty bad at that point. Late ni- Mid-90s to early 2000s horror was pretty what bad. But it is Michael J. Fox. Exactly. We were, we were like a little pre-scream right now. Exactly. It was that weird transition. So I'm going to give it a little bit lower critic score because everything in that, but then I'll boost it because it was a good performance by 
most of the actors. So I'm gonna give it like a I'm gonna give it like a seventy six. And then fans, I'm gonna give it fans always go higher. Not always, but usually go higher. I'll go with like an eighty two. Okay. So it was critics sixty three. Yeah. And it was fans. Is that exact? No, no it was 61. 61. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was fans 71. Uh, not me. You said 75, I said 76. You mm-hmm. win. Wow, you priced it right at him, but it's the wrong way. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, that's fair. The, the critical complaint is says it's visually striking, but totally uneven. I think it was, yeah. It was. Yeah. It did have an uneven tone to it. Yeah. Like, if, if the whole movie had either been dark comedy or the final act of horror, like, it could have been awesome so, in either way. I think if, one, if it wasn't the 90s and it was like, well, is this going to be your final thoughts? Because we can go right into final thoughts. Yeah, I, I we'll start some, with you. Yeah, I got yeah. some final Jake thoughts. Jake picked the movie, so yeah. we'll do them last. So, oh, wait, wait, we are, we have to personally score it first. Oh, correct. Yeah. That's true. Let's not we can, skip. We can personally score it with our final during, thoughts. Yeah, now. during our final thoughts. So okay. just, you'll do that first and we'll... You give the score and why. So I'm going to give it... I was in between 7 and 7.5, but I think I'm going to go with 7.5. Okay. Because I think it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. There was some good acting. Yep. There was, like, a coherent plot. And there were horror elements to the point where, like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a horror, horror movie, including a lot of things I like. Uh, but I think, uh, one, the C- it, d- it does have a detriment of the CGI. Mm-hmm. I can't blame it too much because... You have to be bad at the technology first before it gets better. Right. But it could have, like, if it was more modern, they would have much better graphics. At that time period, they could have done a lot of that with practical effects and made it look better. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a little bit too long. And there was a little too much of an abrupt from the the, the comedic stuff, which I did like. It was funny at times Mm -hmm. to, like, the straight-up horror. If it was a bit more of a... Gradual. Yeah, gradual, and they tightened up the, the comedic section of the movie a bit more. <laughs> like the judge humping a sarcophagus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, the, that was the most cringe thing in the entire thing. They could have made it flow better. Right. So it could have done things to get a higher score. But overall, I liked it. Uh, and uh, I think it is in that, that 7, 7.5 range. Okay. Okay. So I do really like this movie. Yeah. I wanted to give it a 9, but I think that's a bit too high. There's... Okay. I feel like some of the dated humor has to drag it down a little bit. But, like, with what you said about the tone link, I actually did not have a problem with the tone of this movie at all. Uh, as I said earlier, I liken it to a Call of Cthulhu p- campaign like the ones we do, where it can just switch between horror and comedy. Um, I honestly think that being pre-screened did this movie less favors with the critics. Because I feel like... I feel like people wanted the movie to be one thing or the other and didn't weren't like comfortable with the idea of it blending genres. And I honestly don't think it does a bad job at it. And it was coming off the golden age of horror. 80s yeah. slasher and suspense and isolation films were like everything. So I, I, I think that people just didn't quite... Wanted to put this movie in a box and couldn't quite figure out what box to put it in and that frustrated people. Okay. But I can put it in a box and I like the box it's in. Solid 8 out of 10. Okay. It's fair. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. And I I think people think that's maybe more negative than it is. I think six is good. If a five is perfectly average, then I, you know, I'm going slightly above that. Mm. Um, some of the funny stuff was funny. Some of the scary stuff was not maybe scary, but it was, it was good. And yeah. my favorite thing about the movie 
um, was the pacing. I actually thought, except for one, but it's, it has nothing to do with the pacing, it has to do with the plot. I thought the pacing was really good. Um, you really, you get a little bit of setup of how he's a common, you get some ghost stuff, then you get some action, then you get horror. Like, it, it moved uh, well enough for me. But the thing I didn't like um, about the plot inconsistencies that I had, um, like the ghost thing, but also you go uh, from their first murder happening five years ago at 13, and then six years go by, five years go by, and they're up to 37. What was that? Well, so it was 28 killings in the past five years. Right. So 28 killings spread out over five years, and you get, like, an immediate six kills in one night. Of mm-hmm. just, like... And not and these kills aren't personality-based. Like, they're, they're mapped out. Like, that's why you get the numbers on your head. Like, yeah. it's ready. Mm-hmm. So that I didn't love that it was just like, hey, yeah, now we're just going to murder. You know, I actually think I'm going to agree with you a little bit. Especially at the beginning of the movie, the pacing of it, it throws a lot at you really quick. It just starts going, yeah. Um... And when you do get your footing with this movie, it starts moving and it feels good. Right. So it does. So it, one thing I'll say to that, though, that I think might be the reasoning for it, mm-hmm. is the rate of kill doesn't necessarily pick up until after uh, Bannister sees him kill someone. And then all the kills after that are people that have interacted with Bannister. Which is also a question I have. So there's all these mystery killings, right? Mm-hmm. All, all these issues... And the one guy who, for the past five years, has stalked families and graves, hasn't seen it till now, is also a little peculiar. Because it's a small town. It's an everybody knows everybody town. That's fine. I'm not going to say it's a negative. But I'm just like, that that way of giving you all these kills because he saw them, but also why hasn't he seen them is kind of like... Well, yeah, especially because throughout the movie it kind of seems like he's picking his targets to fuck with Frank. Right. Mm-hmm. But before that, he doesn't seem to care about Frank. Right. So, uh, also, like, um, for the most of the movie, he's this amorphous, like, um, Reaper. Because right. he's hiding who he is. Right. So, it's not until later that we actually see Jake Busey and, like... So he's called out. Yeah. And he has lines and yeah. he has, like, motivation... So we don't know his thought processes during this True. entire time. Mm-hmm. True. So is he targeting people near Frank? We don't know. Right. Yeah. So so that sort of that that sort of left me wanting. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it, it was fun. Uh, it aged fine enough, other than the silly things, and uh, I liked the plot. Uh, but it, just enough to make it something. Like I said uh, about Bleeders, like I'd watch this for a laugh. I'd watch this. To watch it. This is that kind of movie where if it was on TNT mm-hmm. and I was just sitting on the couch, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure, this is on. Like, I would be. I like Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I'd be happy to watch it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to be like, babe, Frighteners, let's let's do this. You gotta see Fright. Like, I would never do that. So yeah, six out of ten for me. This movie, uh, it, it holds a special, like, nostalgia to me. Like, so I, I'm probably gonna give it an eight out of ten. Okay. Um, like I said, this is probably the first what horror movie I've seen and I always remember it fondly and I never dislike it when I watch it. Yeah, it doesn't give you anything to be like, what is yeah, this? It, it's not something where you watch like later and you're like, why did I ever like this? You yeah. can you can see why you liked it mm-hmm. and it's still like it's still fun to like watch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you average out our four scores it's like seven point something. Yeah, it's in the seven range, yeah. Eight, eight, seven, and f- six, or seven point five. Yeah, I'm gonna go with seven point five. All right, so then yeah, it pulls it up even more. And I succeeded in not giving the movie that Kevin hates the most. 
For the first time. No, wait, I hated Evil Dead. Oh, no, I didn't no. like Rebo. You hated Rebo. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like Rebo at all, and I still stand by that, although I will I say... I still think it's weird that you thought Jacob's Ladder was the worst movie we watched that year. We watched four of, like, the best horror movies. I'm just... The thing... Yeah. The, it Follows and yeah. Evil Dead 2, we watched, like... Yeah, that was a good lineup. That was the year where all the movies were good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's the only reason. that that And that movie had the one issue for me of not um, going into what it wanted to be hard enough. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, we're going to show you demons. <laughs> just kidding, that was one scene. Isn't that all you want? Oh, we're going to do this weird paranoia thing. No, just kidding, that's messing with it. Like, it just kept... It's a good movie, but anyways. Um, now we have to do our final thing. Rank the movies we saw. Rank And then movies. we're done. Then we're out of Halloween July 3, and we'll call it a day. Starting at Jake. Well, technically a year. Gosh, <laughs> this guy. Um, For me, it... Oh, let me just name them again really quick. We had <laughs> Bleeders. We had uh, the, the lighthouse, lighthouse Eve, uh, Army of Darkness, and the Frighteners. For me, it probably goes. I actually can't even remember what I gave most of them for a ranking because I might be contradicting myself That's based okay. on the rankings. But I mean, as I said last time, our mm-hmm. rankings have kind of changed as we thought on movies too. Yeah. So. But I actually think that I I like I probably go Frighteners, the Lighthouse, Army of Darkness, Bleeders. Okay. I would go the Lighthouse. Frighteners, Army of Darkness, The Bleeders. Isn't that same? No, you flipped the lighthouse. Yeah, my lighthouse is on top. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm actually going to agree with Craig. I'm going to go The Lighthouse, Frighteners, Army of Darkness, Bleeders. And mine would be The Lighthouse, Frighteners, Bleeders, Army of Darkness. All right. Pretty yeah. Pretty fair one, especially for... I actually think how we've talked so, about them along and the way. I, I do up. believe that The Lighthouse is objectively the best movie we watched. Mm-hmm. I just don't get the same amount of enjoyment out of watching it. Me and DJ I can talk, understand that. Yeah, yeah, me and DJ talked about this a bunch, and obviously on the last podcast, like, in the moment, I think I gave that movie... I think I gave it, like, an 8 or whatever. But I kind of talked about it in a way, like, I didn't... I, 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 It was too crazy for me. After the fact, I am warmed up on that movie. I feel like it benefits from a second watch. Yeah, yeah. Of all the movies we watched, it's the one that would benefit the most from a second watch. The rest were all fairly straightforward. They are what they are. Yeah. Yeah, I... Because it was the second watch of the watch... Uh, the Lighthouse for me. The Watch The Lighthouse for me. Of course. And it... It does, like, have a... Different tone. Yeah. Because you just don't know what's going on the first time. This shit's crazy. You can really focus on how gay it is. Oh, it's so gay. Yes, it is homoerotic. Like, I, after I watched it the first time, I was I always feel the need to read up on the movie that I just watched to see if there's, like, more lore or background. Right. And even if there's none of that, like, the casting or, like... Behind uh, the scenes or why it was yeah. written or whatever. Yeah, and all that. And I... So I read up reviews on The Lighthouse. I was like, oh... People thought this was gay. Yeah. I can see that now. I you don't know it. how gay it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, was I, I so did find gay. this. First of all, there's a weird overlap between the fandom of The Lighthouse and Spongebob. Love it. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. Sold. Um, so there, there's actually one of The Lighthouse trailers. They use the audio and cut it to Spongebob. <laughs> and there's another where they just cut audio from the movie. To, like, the plot of the movie... Uh, but it's scored like it's Spongebob. <laughs> it starts with the, 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 the theme song, and the captain's like, are you ready, kids? And then it, when he does the, oh, instead it's the lighthouse noise. <laughs> oh, no. That was just like, oh. So, I will be honest. The reason why I decided to watch the lighthouse the first time was in my uh, work group chat. Uh, 
<laughs> it, it was like quarantine memes, and uh, my buddy Nick shared this one meme. It was like, my dick <laughs> during the quarantine, and <laughs> it was the fucking seagull. Oh, jeez, <laughs> when he's beating the seagull. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, right, I have to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, the, the, the other thing I wanted to say is there's an actual quote by the, the director of the movie, and he's like, well... When two manly men are trapped alone in a giant ballast, it's bound to get a little gay. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> the imagery is ready. Yeah. All right. I do want to say just like uh, overall of the four movies, mm. uh, just, no matter what, like I said, like during my actual like scoring and uh. review of them, I didn't, like, not enjoy watching these at any point. No. All and of, talking about them has been great. Yeah, oh, yeah. All of them were worth seeing. I haven't... We haven't watched a movie in this entire thing that wasn't worth seeing. Besides... I'm going to argue that Bleeders is not worth watching by yourself. Oh, no. Not by yourself. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't... I'm not going to go home and be like, Christy, you're going to love this horror movie. <laughs> no. Well, you... you wouldn't say that to Christy about any horror movie. She you... thought she was getting tough for a second. But we it... watched two horror movies, and she was like... Ooh, I'm getting tough. I watched The Witch and I watched uh, Hereditary. Hereditary. Neither of which was scary. But you could... Hereditary is supposed to be terrifying, but I know it's gotta... I gotta see it. It's scary in that you don't know what's real for a while. But like, it's, it's Bleeders... And honestly, it's a really dramatic movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But Bleeders, to me, uh, is a bad version of Tusk. It's something you watch to see how someone reacts to it. And I think that has a lot of value. Whether mm-hmm. it's not a good movie, yeah. but I think that has a lot of value. Uh, Tusk is a very good movie, not this, but um, or or something like uh, Reanimator or something, or like Repo. Like you're just like, what the? F-? I mean, a better movie, but still, you're like, what the hell is going on? I like music. Yeah, I like I like seeing weird zombie dudes sing about glass vials. A little bit, but fun. that's what Bleeders would be. It'd be like, Chrissy, you want to watch a scary movie? And she's like, is it too scary? You're like, no, don't worry about it. It'll be good. And you put <laughs> Bleeders on, she'd be like. Jake, what's going on? Like it would be, fu- it would be fun for that. To bamboozler. Yeah, and it was actually watching it a second time. There was uh, benefits to it. Um, just nothing. It's not. It wasn't anything revolutionary. It was just like, oh, just I remember you, this. Just yeah. Stuff you missed watching the first yeah. time. She definitely would not be scared by that movie. I feel she no one be. should be. Yes, <laughs> she might be scared by that movie. Specifically, just like when the lights go off and she can picture a little round beanie baby coming at her. Yeah, Bailey walking up the, the bed. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like the, deformed little Yodas. That ha- okay. I'm rounding out Halloween July with just the stupidest story ever because it was terrifying and it okay. just rounds out scary. Uh, I woke up the other night in bed and I felt like like scratches down my ankle and I didn't know what the fuck it was because. My cat didn't meow like she always does. She didn't fall and I didn't hear a thud. And there was no, I don't have anything like physical like around me. Like, you know, you know, sometimes you mm-hmm. fall asleep with your phone on it, whatever. I had nothing like that. And I had no idea what it was. So all that I could think of was the scene from Pet Cemetery with the knife. Oh. All I could think of was there was something there playing with me to get me to put my foot down. And I couldn't mm-hmm. go back to sleep. It took me like two hours to fall back asleep because it was pitch black and something scratched my leg. Like a scratch, not like a little bug landing. I'm talking like, yeah, I felt multiple things down my leg. So freaked me out. uh, I'm going to round, I'm going to hit you with the same thing. I I had a similar figure, not recently, but it was probably like about half a year ago. um, Where we, you know, we had just gotten the dogs. They were, you know, it was before we had... We were letting Jinx, you know, not be created night because we, you know, we trusted her. Right. I feel like I should have uh, my Ouija board. And I, uh, <laughs> Ouija yeah, there's the old, uh, there's the old, uh, you know, urban legend of, you know, the, 
the man going to bed would uh, put his hand down over the bed and the uh, dog would lick yep, it. Yep. And then mm-hmm. one night, he hears something in the middle of the night, he puts his hand down to get the dog to lick it. And he wakes up and finds the dog just mutilated in his bathroom. And, the, you know, humans can lick hands, too, yeah. on the mirror. And my, I, I just, like, reread that urban legend. Put my hand down. Jinx licks it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> don't move, don't move, don't move. <laughs> so we're closing out, each sharing a scary story? Yeah. Okay, so I think I only had one legitimate scary story, which it could probably rationally be explained uh, some other time, like, you know, in hindsight. But so... Back when my uh, my buddy Wayne lived up in uh, Lebanon, his husband, right, ex husband, ex husband, yeah, right. we're we're divorced now. Uh, we would uh, go on night walks, and no, so we would because uh, it's a rural town and there's a lot of fields and whatnot. We rural. just saw rural, the rural, rural, rural mm-hmm. and we'd walk around uh, on the roads, and we'd also bring our katanas with us because we were fucking weeps, as one does, right. And we'd have this game where if a car, we see a car coming, we have to hide. I played that game, so, not with katanas, but so <laughs> much as a game. Yeah, and like, we, we'd like get really into it. We'd like, go into the dirt and go, not trespass. Trespass. It was totally trespassing. Yeah, 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 totally trespassing. And there's one time, like, we, go, we get to the end of the, his road, and it ends at one of those, uh, those T-bones, like, mm-hmm. and at the very end is this giant tree, and we just... We usually stop there before we, like, continue on the loop. Mm-hmm. And we just stop there, and we both grow silent spontaneously. No really reason, just a lull in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, we just hear the most crazy fucking noise from a field. And just, like, the pounding of the earth, and something just fucking bolts. And I think, you know... and from the tree? No, no, no. Oh, okay. From in a field, field to the, like, okay. the left of us. And, you know, in hindsight, it'd be like, oh, that's probably, like, a big deer or something. Right. But this sounded so huge that it freaked us the fuck out. The Sasquatch. Yep. Oh, I, I think we are like, talking about something creepy, too. We're like, what if there was just, like, this man dressed in all in black just right. waiting for us at the end of the road? Just being jackals. And, th- and that's when we th- went quiet, and then that happened. Yeah. Spooky. Good timing, yeah. DJ, do you have anything spoopy? Okay, so this yeah, one, this one's silly. Story about a girl, but um, Friday River Groundhog. So, the, it's probably the thing that freaked me out the most because I never did figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was his penis. <laughs> so this was around. This was around the the Tango with girth. when we were <laughs> when we were kids, uh, in the house uh, my my dad lives in now. Uh, I was probably like, I don't know, 13 or so, 12 or 13. A youth. Uh, and it was Jake's birthday. Now, Jake's birthday is right around Halloween. October 23rd. So we would usually roll Halloween and his birthday into one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and his parties would often be very Halloween themed as well. And he had a pinata that was, uh... You don't remember it because it didn't happen to you. <laughs> but it is important that it's your birthday. My birthday is very important. Yeah. Um, because you had a pinata that was shaped like a little cartoon Grim, Grim Reaper. You, you know, you knock the pinata down, you get the candy. Uh, you knocked it in half, so there was still the upper half of the Grim Reaper thing. And you had, like, some of your friends. You were gathered in, uh, you were gathered, like, downstairs 
and you're probably watching something that wasn't really creepy because you weren't allowed to watch horror movies at this point. But it was you, you might have been watching something creepy with your friends. And at this point, the sun is setting outside. Um, it's not quite dark, but it's dark enough that vision would be impaired significantly. And I'm wandering outside because uh, I get the job of cleaning up the the pinata stuff. Of course. <laughs> um, and you just like left it in half on the ground. So I get the upper half of the Grim Reaper, which is still pretty intact. And I decide, I'm a smart-ass kid. I'm going to go up to the window where they're all sitting there watching movies. Be real and I'm going to pop the Grim Reaper thing up and make a, and make a loud noise to startle Jake and his friends. It, it definitely didn't. So I go around the side. I go around the side of the house where it's unlit. Um, and at, at this point, the sun's down and it's very like shady here, so I can't see things very well. And there's also the glow from the window because they're all inside watching, so I can only see like inside. I'm up to the window, getting ready to do this, and I hear an animal noise. Well, I hear a noise that I don't un- that I don't know what it comes from. And the sound like something, like a dog or something, is getting ready to pounce. Like the leaves rustle and something's like rearing back. And I can't describe the noise that I heard because it it, it sounded like... It didn't quite sound like a dog noise. It almost sounded like some kind of like weird yell. Like Maybe a, coyote, a fisher cat a, or a coyote. Fisher cats are the most terrifying Could be. things We ever. do get them in the area. But the point is, I couldn't see what it was. It was... The, the light fell in a perfect way that I couldn't exactly see what it was. And I wasn't in a mood to be spooked. I was in a silly mood. Right. But this, whatever I heard, and it was real close to me, and it scared the shit out of me, and I just dropped the thing and bolted. <laughs> Jake, didn't, Jake probably didn't even notice that, because I didn't get to the point of actually, like, you didn't get to pull knocking the, on the pull window. The heist. <laughs> I just ran inside, and I was like, not going to talk about that again. <laughs> Bad boys play bad tricks. I'm a good boy. <laughs> I don't even remember this party happening, so... That was a good one, apparently. <laughs> yeah, like sweet pinata. Topaz pinata. All right. Uh, as I said, you were probably, like, I don't know. I was, I was like, 12, so you would have been, like, 9. Mm-hmm. Now that we're all sufficiently spooked. Yeah, this was the bonus content at the very yeah, end. Yeah, bonus content. If everyone stuck around for four podcasts, that here are scary stories. Four podcasts and the longest one of them all. Oh, yeah. Uh, otherwise... Thanks for another fantastic year of Halloween July. I'm Kevin. I'm Jake. I'm Craig. I'm DJ. Thanks for listening. And as you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.